Hello and welcome to the Liverpool Way podcast. It's the morning after the night before as the Reds turned on the style to beat Newcastle at Anfield and extend their lead at the top of the table. How good does that sound, by the way? We didn't record last night as by the time we all got back from the game it was too late. So we've had a bit more time than usual to take stock of everything that happened. And yeah, there were a lot of things that happened. Uh, I'm Dave Usher, editor at liverpoolway.co.uk and I'm joined for this by Paul Natton and Julian Richards. Okay, Paul, we'll start with you. There's a hell of a lot to get through from that game. You've had the night to sleep on it. Uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah, yeah, hell of a lot to get through. Um, by far the most convincing performance of the season. Yeah. Um, really exciting game. So many individual players really standing out and taking the game to another level. I said to I said before before the game. I was more interested. I mean, clearly you want the win. That's not for debate. The most important thing was the win uh, last night. But I was more interested in a performance than I was um, in a big score. You know, as a, as a kind of a throwback to it when I was last on the pod, just talking about how, you know, it was a bit of a conundrum how we were playing going forward. You know, it just the, fl- the fluidity didn't seem to be there. That that side of our game just doesn't seem to look right. And, and I feel like there's been quite a few questions answered yesterday for me. Um, I, I, I've also felt that the significance of Anfield would start to tell at this stage of the season and potentially carry us through to a really good end to the season. How the end of the season might look, don't know who's to say at this stage. But I feel like you know some of the criticism, as I said the other day, I won't go back over that, but was 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 not right, um, and it was unfair. But I always felt when you're coming into the campaign, the big games under the lights at Anfield, this is when it starts to tell. And when you get in front of the league table and you go into the new year, that's when you can get momentum from game to game in terms of the crowd. And I think we saw all of that last night as well. The atmosphere yeah. was absolutely fucking brilliant. Uh, it was exciting. There was a buzz around the stadium, you know, throughout throughout the game. Um, and I, I must admit, I did have a couple of moments where I thought, "Oh no, we're not going to get ripped off here, are we?" And it would have been a rip off if we not won because we absolutely battered Newcastle. I mean, I think I genuinely think everyone was a little bit stunned when they got the first equaliser. The second one. I was less, I mean, I thought we were, we'll come to the detail of it later. I think we were a little bit caught on the hop. We didn't set ourselves properly for the corner. But I think I felt more confident at that stage that we'd come back and, and um, just, 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 just get out of sight. But uh, those little blips aside, I've come away from Anfield last night thinking, no, we're absolutely serious team. We're way, way, way ahead of what anyone expected. Um, I want to talk much more about my boy Curtis in the mm-hmm. pod. I'm sure we will. Diaz back, Mo fucking hell. And I just looking at our big players and I think, you know, Allison, Mo, Trent, Virgil. We've definitely got something here with the new lads coming in and offering plenty of support that could carry us a long, long way. The only question in my mind now is, is about is not so much about what we do, it's about what City do. But that's nothing we can control, really. And I, I, I'm just delighted with the position that we're in. Really, really excited about where things go from here. It was a fa- fantastic game and a great performance and a, a fucking really huge win. Yeah, yeah. Jules, you got anything to add to that? The game seemed to match the sort of weather last night. Just 
the the wetter it got, the faster and more frenetic it got, which I suppose happens when the pitch gets sodden. And then it rains so much that it almost the pitch then started to hold up, which is why I think Jota went down for the penalty at the end because I think the pitch held held up the ball a bit. I thought he did he he thought he didn't have the angle to be uh, to, he'd overrun it. He didn't have the angle and the pitch was heavy to to strike it. Uh, frustrating in the first half because we played so well and we created so many chances to go in with the scores like they were, uh, and then the second half just sort of renewed vigour which was really pleasing to see rather than not feeling sorry for ourselves but just sort of reapplying uh, everything in the second half and taking the lead with it with five minutes then from there really, I know the, the Newcastle equaliser did come out of nowhere and it was a good finish from, from Isaac um, yeah. but I I didn't seriously think that they would hold on for a draw because whether it's down to their injuries or how they play or just how good we were, they never looked like they had like a full grip on the game compared to, to how we did. So very few negatives, lots of positives to take from from it. Um, we, we don't have another league game now for, for 20 days. So we have a chance to sort of a free hit. Would you call it a free hit in the FA Cup? Just it doesn't, it's not the priority. It'd be great to win. But it's not the priority right now. Yeah. So um, and then you've got a week off, and then it's it's a tough one because Bournemouth are playing well away, but and we're losing we're losing Mo, we're losing Endo, um, but just it, it just felt I I just felt like it was a, like a hundred miles an hour performance last night. The pressing was outrageous for most of the game. Outrageous yeah. it was, yeah. Even like players who didn't have that great a game, like Saboslai, were just absolutely hearing around, yeah. chasing the ball down. Um, really put them under the pressure, didn't give them time to settle. And I know sometimes you see performances like that with the press in and people say, oh, why can't they play like that all the time? Like, you, you just literally, I don't think you can play like that all the time. It's it's not it's not possible over a, over a season with so many games. Yeah. You have to pick and choose your moments. And last night we clearly chose that like if we did it to Newcastle they wouldn't be able to live with it and they couldn't live with it um and and, and so it proved and the the, the stat that the, the thing everyone's probably seen now I saw when I got in last night the, the xg stat was like 7.36 yeah. <laughs> that's just no really out and you sort of that you, you see it then you go it's the highest ever and you sort of go can hell that is I and then you sort of nod nod batastuta like as we like to say on this pod and go <laughs> Yeah, no, that seems about right, actually, considering the chances we created and the, the saves the goalkeeper made. And, of course, the two penalties, um, that, that seems about right. So, despite the weather being absolutely abysmal, just horrendous weather from start to finish, uh, the football was was at least thoroughly enjoyable to offset it. Yeah, because the weather was so bad. I'm, like, I'm on row 19 at the main stand and the rain's still getting us. Like Me yeah. and John got drenched. Because since like the roof's being higher than the main stand, you're not protected, especially if the wind's blowing it in that way. So yeah, yeah it was. If I was thinking, imagine if we did not played well, or even if we had played well and dropped points there, how miserable that would have been last night. Because it was just yeah. kissing down. We got soaked before we went in. I got soaked during the game. We got soaked walking back to the car. But he's asked. You know, we we yeah. won. We're top of the league. We've extended our lead at the top. Um. Just, I think, like, my big takeaway is something that Jules just said there. The way, like, the first half's brilliant for 35 minutes, and then 
Anthony Taylor gets involved. We'll we'll get to that later. And then the game just kind of it got scrappy because he pissed everyone off. Our players were like didn't know what was going on. We we lost our shape a little bit. Couple of them lost their heads, you know. Trent was like Trent had to be dragged away from Anthony Taylor twice. Oh, by Canate, yeah, <laughs> twice. The quality by Canate. Once after he got booked, and then at half time, Trent was going back at him at the half time whistle, and, yeah. I don't, and I think it was Canate again. Vir- yeah, yeah, it no, was, it was Verge, Verge like, yeah, 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 it was Verge the second time, yeah. just dragged him away. But yeah, and so we just kind of lost our momentum a bit there with all like the shit that was going on with Anthony Taylor and the crowds getting pissed off for him and that. But. I think I don't know. Is it you might have mentioned it in the chat, Paul, or I think it could have been John actually. <clears throat> um, someone said like we came out the second half and we just looked like we were like proper pissed off about like the way that half had ended and Anthony Taylor and, yeah, that. and it, was it was John. Like, I think yeah. right, we're just gonna fucking you know take care of business here because that was the worry for me. <clears throat> All the chances that we'd missed in the first half, Anthony Taylor inserting himself into the game in a negative way, and you know it just kind of took the wind out of our sails a bit, but like you're thinking, how are we going to come out the second half? As you know, we're not attacking the cop as well because we've been attacking the cop in the first half. All these little things which just make you think, okay, how's this second half going to go? But I just thought we came out and, and just dominated them. Just it was brilliant, and like I, I think <clears throat> my voice is all like croaky. This is you can blame Anthony Taylor for that as well because it was me just like screaming at him. Like, <laughs> but um, I think like Newcastle actually played pretty well in in the sense I think they played as well as they were allowed to play when when like they did get a little bit of like time and space to play they caused us problems you know they, they getting the ball out wide getting in behind us and but that was only really just a, a, a the, the last 10 minutes of the first half and then a couple of moments in the second but it was because I felt like you know our press was just brilliant we were swarming all over them but there was a couple of times when like we maybe Overcommitted it slightly, and then that Gimenez, it felt like well, there's no point pressing him because he's a, he's just popping it out, and then they're picking it up in space and they're turning. Like he was able to beat the press. I, he did. I thought he, in the first half especially, he was able to just when we were pressuring him with like three players. Like sometimes Endo would come right forward to to join in, and as soon as they popped it out, it was like oh shit! Now they can get in behind us, but that didn't happen much, and it was just when we got a little bit ragged. And then the second half, I just thought, like, you know, it, there's no way that, like, the way we played in the first half, if that continues with the chances we were creating, there's no way they could hold out. That, like, even when we're missing chance after chance, eventually one's going to go in if you're creating that many. And I think it was just, it was the sheer volume of the chances that we created, which has allowed us to come away with four goals. Because you, you combine it with, like, not great finishing at times, Brilliant goalkeeping at times, uh, you know them making blocks and just general bad luck as well. All of these things combined kept the score down because performance-wise, <clears throat> the I mean the performance there like it, it's it, it should have been eight. It wouldn't have flattered us in in the slightest if we just scored eight. And like you know the the xG proves that because that xG thing is usually a lot less than you know what you actually score. Like we probably didn't have an XG of seven when we beat United seven nil, you know. So generally speaking, like the XG is always lower than how many goals you, you get, um. But that wouldn't have flattered us at all. Um, I just want to go back to the the start of the game because I thought the first five minutes, I said to John after five minutes, I was like, if this is how it's going to be, 
there's absolutely no way these are going to be able to hold on for the whole game. And it kind of was like that. It didn't really, other than that 10 minutes, it didn't really let up, did it? You know, we just, we were like that for pretty much the whole game. And I think, you know, that's probably, I think you said before, Paul, like the 90-minute performance, that's probably like the, the best we've had in, in, I don't even know how long. We've done it in fits and starts, haven't we? But that was as yeah. good a 90 minutes as we've seen in, I don't know, have we played better than that this season, do you reckon? No, definitely not. Not for me. Nowhere yeah. near. Villa was all right, but, but Villa was pretty good. But the, the constant intensity and the individual peaks shit, as well, on, Dave. On the day, I know they've done Agreed. well, but on the day Agreed. they were shit. I thought West Ham at home in the league was was one of our best performances. Yeah, and West Ham in the cup good. was West Ham in the cup was good as well. But you know, they, they different intensity West Ham. Night, we, yeah, but for me, the big thing about about last night was it was the intensity combined with. The exciting individual performances. Yeah. I mean, I, I've forgotten, you know, little Jules mentioned it there. This, I mean, I had a proper fucking cob on about the weather last night. I left all used by the chippy because it was freezing and soaking. I was pissed off going in. I thought, oh, this is a fucking omen. Never mind the chippy, the lucky star being closed as an omen. I thought the shitty weather's going to be. Yeah. I was soaked and cold and I went in. And then we lost the toss. Virgil lost the toss and that pissed me off as well. And then that was all forgotten within about, within about a minute to kick off. Because of that incredible intensity that we were playing with, um, and and but for me, what elevated it further? I mean, I definitely definitely think it's the best performance of the season, Dave, that, mm. by a mile for me. But what what took it further was just individuals. I mean, Diaz, uh, Diaz was electric in that yeah, first he half. Yeah, was great. Yeah, absolutely, and absolutely sensational. And Curtis Jones is that's mm. the best performance he's ever had in a Liverpool shirt. Uh, he is some player in. I'm telling you, I don't think. I still don't think it's appreciated just how high he can go. I think he can be a massive, massive player for us. He is now doing what we all wanted him to do, which is, I mean, he can play the same level going both ways. His pressing is off the charts. I think Klopp said afterwards, he's now the tempo setter. He's the one who sets the tone. He's the one who, who raises the press. He's relentless, absolutely relentless in the press. His positioning and his movements is so, so intelligent. But on the ball, fucking hell, he's got the lot. The way he glides with the ball on like at pace, he's deceptively quick. Yeah, you is. forget he, he carries the he carries the ball over the ground so quickly. There was a moment towards the end of the. I tried to look for it again this morning when I was flicking through the coverage. I wanted to watch it again just on telly. He was he was attacking down the right, and he was coming through two players who were closing him down. The, and for about three or four seconds as he's going through these two players, he's got his head up. He didn't look at his feet once as he's carrying the ball through them. Also, I think it was in the turnaround. I think it might have been, might have been for the first penalty in the build-up to that. I tried to find this as well. He pressed. He he, he helped. He was helping Trent out, um, cutting out a cutting out a move, an attack that was coming in just in the right of our penalty area. Trent sort of made the first challenge. He did this little sort of step over trick in his own penalty area to pull the ball away from the attacking player, span and just fired the ball, th- fired the ball through into forward to, I think, to Endo, who then played it forward again, um, which led to the first penalty from, from memory, I think. I might have got, the, I might have got the, the chance slightly wrong, 
But just in both of those moments, you see two sides of his game which are just absolutely blowing me away. He, 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 is, he is a sensational player. And for me, the only thing that's going to stop him being a massive, massive Liverpool player is fitness because he's got everything. He was fucking brilliant last night. I absolutely love him. And I hope that we can just see those levels maintained or even built upon because he, he's the sort of player who could, who could have a massive say in how the season goes because he's got the lot. He can do it both ways, as I said. He can be instrumental in breaking it up, but he can also get you big goals and create big moments. Great performance from him. And if it wasn't for Mo in the second half, he's mad of the match by a million miles for me. Yeah, I agree. Um, Jules, do you reckon Curtis is our best midfield player now? I, th I think like maybe... We've brought in new players and everything else, but I would personally say we're a better team when he's in it. Do you think he's our most important midfield player, best midfielder? What do you think? On current form, yeah, for sure. For by, by current form, how far back do you want to go? Because basically, from when he got back in the team, the back end of the um, season. I, I, I was well. I'm only going to take this season into account um, because he had that. Some of it through no fault of his own because of the sending off. He's had he's had a little bit of time out of the team, but in current form, in terms of the last month, six weeks since he's been back in the team, yes, because Sabasla has dropped off a bit and McAllister's been injured. Which actually, that sounds like I'm doing Curtis down by saying that, um, which I don't mean to. Um, in terms of the ceiling of his ability, uh, I'd probably I'd probably still say Sabasla's got more, but in terms of current form, no, Curtis is looking shit off at the moment and he, he looked as Paul said he looked great last night there was I don't know it's it sometimes happens I don't know why I don't know if it's like the the, the love of the exotic or something but there's always sort of a, a tendency with some of the online and and sometimes the crowd to sort of not see the the quality in, the, in, a, in a local player over um, another player and the, there was a few people mentioning around last night that when the subs were warming up, it'll be Jones coming off, and I was thinking it better fucking not be Jones coming off. Yeah. It better be. It better be Sabos, yeah. like because like I don't really care about the the ceiling of ability. I only care what's about what's happening on the pitch right now. And unless yeah. it's unless it's a fitness thing that they may that they they still manage fitness, there's no way he should be coming off. But still, people don't see the player on the pitch. They see the name on the back of the shirt, and they see the exotic. Sabosli, and they see Jones, and they go, "Yeah, Jones comes off," and it, that's that's not really, well, that's not how it works at all. But there is always an element. There's always been an element, even back going back to, you know, the Gerard days or whatever. There's always, Cara, there's always Cara suffered from that. Yeah, Carragher did suffer from a, a big way. Like there's always like the, the sort of the exotic is more interesting than than the local. Um, so no, in current form, I'd say he's definitely our. our He's definitely the best midfielder. Um, and he did set the tempo last night. And it seemed when he got the ball, the uh, the pitch opened up uh, in an attacking sense going forward. He seemed to have yeah. lots of options or he seemed to be able to take it himself and, and go forward. Uh, it was it was genuinely exciting to watch. And I'm glad he got a goal. That was a yeah. great goal, by the way. Lovely yeah, work lovely. goal. Because, I, I, skip ahead slightly, this, the second goal... Um, sorry, the first goal, the, 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 the more goal. That was the right decision by Nunez there, I think, given the angle and given given yeah. his current woes in front of goal to square that and pass it to Mo. With the sec with with the Curtis uh, goal, 
I, I, I was like fairly confident that Jota would score from that angle because he always scores from mad angles. But again, right decision to, and good, Lovely, good follow, good following up from Jones to get into that position to tap it in. Um, and he, he his back end of last season when he, he was he was getting quite a few goals towards the end of the season. So he's got it in his locker. It's just about whether the the forwards can link up sometimes because again I thought we looked a lot more fluid you know like sometimes we say Jota comes comes on he doesn't look like he's a footballer mm. and then last night Jota looked like fully like a, a top level yeah. international football he just again was gliding around the place was was firing was every touch was looking good he looked he looked dynamite last night mm. and again the the temptation might have been because he can score from hard angles is oh well, I'm just gonna I'm gonna put this away I'm gonna have a dig but no looked up and then great following in from Jones. It's very exciting, especially with McAllister back. He looked good last he night. Looked great, didn't he? Yeah. Um I think it's do you know what? It's a absolute pisser though that like McAllister's back and fit and Endo is like started to cement his place yeah. in the team and now he's gonna fuck off for a month. So you so McAllister still doesn't get to play <laughs> further yeah. forward because he's gonna have to drop back again now because Endo's out. Which is frustrating. I suppose because you know, I suppose you could oh, argument our second best informed midfielder is Endo, right? Yeah, great. Yeah. He's been playing so well. <laughs> yeah, and it, it's it's testament to him that he's gone from like he can't get on. He he's not he's having cameos to like he's now he's still getting his customary booking. Last night is booking. I think I, I I thought the guy's already off the pitch. Why have you fouled him? But he must have thought I'm still going to foul him and get the yellow card. Why not? Did he foul him? Because <laughs> I didn't have a great view. I'm on the opposite side. So I thought he, he basically took. He bit no. So the guy was off. The, it looked like the guy had well, overrun the Gordon, ball. Well, it was Gordon, wasn't he? So I always yeah, right. just assume it's a dive because it's him. I to be honest, I, I had trouble. I, I I can't believe I'm going to say this. I had trouble reading the numbers on the back of the Newcastle shirts because they were red on black and white. It's not exactly easy to read from distance, um, which is something I'd never thought I'd say. But um, he he was out. He he he'd overrun the ball. He was going out to play, and then Endo came across and thought, "I'm going to, have to take one for the team here." It was almost like I'm going to, have to take one for the team, and everyone was going, "No, you don't have to take." No, I'll take it anyway. Yeah. Oh, all right then. <laughs> I'll t- I'll t- all right, fair enough then. <laughs> I've got my um, gum shield in. I'm taking yeah, someone out. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not. I'm off. I'm going to be gone for a few weeks. I'll do it yeah. anyway, lads. I'll, no, no, I'll, just, I'll oh, leave right, you something to remember me by. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it, it's a it's a massive pisser that we we're not going to get because <clears throat> in theory, what you'd want now is Endo, McAllister, and Jones, and give Sabosley a rest because I don't think yeah. Sabosley is anything Agreed. to do with it is form, but I think it's like just the, the rigors of the Premier League season. Well, do you, do you know demands. what, Jules? Dave and I were talking about this on the walk up um, before we got to the chippy last night. And Dave said something a couple of pods ago. He was speculating about, I think it was when I was asking about where, you know, what's going on with us in the attacking sense. Where's our fluidity? And Dave was speculating that it was actually that maybe we've just concentrated far more on the defensive side of the game rather than the attacking side of the game. And I, I think we're seeing, I mean, Klopp's made some comments in the press conference before this game about how, you know, the foundation is the defence. And hopefully the forwards will come good, which which seems to back up that point that Dave was was making speculatively. And I think that's what we're seeing with Sobersly, because I I I think you said earlier on in the pod, Jules, that you thought Sobersly was brilliant in terms of the pressing and off the ball stuff, and he absolutely was. But I thought a couple of moments aside, he was really poor um, on the front foot. You know, I think there was about three or four moments when the game opened up in front of him, 
and he could have attacked the space or carried it forward, and he just dithered or didn't Some make the right choice. Some bad passes, yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think really it's about, I mean, you, you may well be right that there's an element of, you know, the, the physicality of it all as well, because he's certainly grafting. But I think it's more, it, it's, it's possibly as much about the fact that he's very, very, very focused on what's happening defensively. And let's not forget, it seems to have gone under the radar. We've got the best defence in the league right now. Yeah. So there's clearly something... As no surprise with Joe right. Gomez back there now. Yeah, and also superb last night. Really, really good equality. Did, does anyone thank, remember thank when God Joe none Gomez... Thank God called him Sleepy Joe or compared him to Texas <laughs> Bramble Lane. Do, oh, wait. They... Oh, sorry. Go on, Dave. Dig your way out of that one again. Don't need to. What All of them, them things I said was Joe Gomez playing at centre-back. I actually said repeatedly, I really like Joe Gomez at full-back. Said it repeatedly, so I take back so you, nothing. You, you're comfortable with that position. When did Joe? Yeah, hang on, totally hang on. When did Joe Gomez start t- taking Trent's ability to ping balls like 50 yards pinpoint accuracy as well? Some yeah. of the long balls he was playing yeah. last night were absolutely super. Spot on, Joe. He's fucking. He's incredible. And front foot as well. Yeah. Great, great. Just running yeah. with the ball and getting into position. He can take people on his first touch when the ball's like you know pulling balls out the air and he's like just killing it stone dead and like use the strength as well. He just looks like a, a brilliant footballer now. He's, he's does, added yeah. so much like going forward, but the, this he's taken it to new levels recently. But I, I even remember saying last season that. He looks. He's added so much like attack and play to his, when he plays fullback. Now he's no longer like the centre back playing at fullback. He'll do a job for you. He's gone way beyond that. But it's not just now. He was way way beyond that. Like when he got a little bit of a run at right back. I seem to remember like he played a few games. I think he got a couple of assists. Was it last season or this? It must be last season because remember against Forest, he put a great cross in. Might have been in a cup game, Forest away. So was that two seasons ago? I think it was. It was when they were still in the championship. So this is going back a while. He's actually looked good at fullback, but now he looks great at fullback. He doesn't just look like oh he's he's come on in leaps and bounds. He's a good player. He looks like a fucking great fullback now. And it doesn't even matter if he's playing on the left. Like he's going to be much better on the right, but he's still really good playing on the left. Joe Gomez has, has easily been top five for us this season like all, all if you, you're saying who's had the best season he's easily in the top five for me well there's a different there's a different question for you where's joe gomez in terms of the best defenders in the league at the moment because i put him right up there like i think virgil is clearly head and shoulders um but then i think i'm then starting to think i mean i keep hearing about how amazing saliba is mm, yeah good player i've not been i've not seen him i mean admittedly i don't watch him every week but I've not, I've not seen him have performances where I'm, I'm absolutely wowed by him. But I think Joe Gomez, just of any players in the back four, is as good as anyone I've seen. I think he's fantastic. He's been brilliant this season. He has been brilliant, but like you said, we don't, we don't watch every game from every other team to be able to. No, that's to, fair. To I mean, I suppose what I suppose what I could say though is he's definitely going under the radar. Oh, I he's think, massively gone under the radar. Yeah. Um, in terms of the whole league, because he's he's having a great season. Absolutely probably, fantastic. He's probably gone under the radar because people assume, and rightly so, I suppose, when everybody's fit, he's not in the team. You know, he's he's kind of filling in. It's like, oh, he'll fill in at right back if Trent goes into midfield. He's filling in at left back because we've got two players out. Um, he'll be on the bench. He'll come on. So that's probably why he's gone under the radar because he's not like an established, undisputed first choice player. Even though he plays most games, even if he doesn't start, he usually gets on. But I just think his performances this season have just been brilliant. Um, 
But no, I, I don't take back anything I said because all is he played fullback all season and he's been brilliant. Which I said I like him at fullback. Never had any issue with that. Now if he does it at centre back and he's not making mistakes and, and he has like a, a run where he's not doing like the you know the, the dopey moments where he just gets caught and stuff, then I'll then I'll be proved wrong there. But as of now, no, I don't I don't take back anything that I said. So you yeah, can throw that harsh. at me. You can throw it at me fuck. all you like. Harsh as fuck. He was playing alongside Virgil who was struggling, it was harsh as fuck. You were right to criticise, no doubt. But but Sleepy Joe and Titus Bramble was harsh as fuck, and I said that at the time. Anyway, yeah, but it's good. It's good that th- it's good that things are things are turned around for him because he he was he was fantastic last night, and that's been the story of this season. Yeah, and if we want to pick on things Dave brilliant. says, we've got Nunez as one on one to cover later, haven't we? I regret nothing. I, I take that <laughs> nothing again. Je regret rien. Go on, Dave. Give us that. Give us your French. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Come on, Edith. E- Edith not. Piaf. No, because Edith, not... Edith Usher. <laughs> Because I sound like a twat like you just did. So, I'm <laughs> all right, then you, you, we're going to go with the elephant in the room. Then we'll, we'll talk about Darwin. Um, first of all, thought he has a really good. Game. No, hang on. Don't you go first. Don't you go first. Let Jules go first because we know what you're going to say. Let Jules go first. Go, go on, there. Jules. I think he's got to score that. I don't really. I thought over. I thought he, Which, he the, didn't the, get the one-on-one in the first half. Yeah. Yeah, he so, has to score that. So Agreed. in the first half, I didn't think he was he was as involved as like Diaz thought I think we've we already covered Diaz was dynamite, Mo was great second half. I don't think Nunez really got into it enough during during the first twenty five minutes. Then the <clears throat> the it, it reminded me a little bit of the Vidic Torres goal years ago at Old Trafford. Defender slips, he threw on goal, you've got to finish. There's no there's no ifs, there's no buts, you've got to put that away. And the fact that he didn't put it away was just like not surprising. It's not surprising, and yet you've got there's no excuse for it. You've got to you've got to finish it. I can't. You, it's in defense. It's an indefensible miss. You are paid to do exactly that. You've got to however you want to finish it. However you want to go about, that's your choice as the striker, as the player going forward. But you've got to finish it, and. He he sort of bounced back a bit in the second half because it was it was a nice tidy um, assist for for Mo to, for the first goal. Again, he could have blamed it there. He decided not to. And, but he does have those moments where he will defer to Mo a little bit, which is I think has sometimes hampered him when he's in his decision making because he's not sure of his finishing at the moment. He has sort of deferred to Mo, and if he's, if it's possible, played the pass when maybe he should have shot. But the angle was tight and. He had missed that one earlier. Maybe that was playing on his mind, so that was the right thing to do. But having seen so Jota and Gakpo come on and both make contributions, Gakpo scored Jota. Oh, Gakpo's finish. He totally fucking miskicked it. Come on. Hang on, hang on. You can't criticise Gakpo for miskicking and finishing. When he actually finished, <laughs> he actually scored. I absolutely can. You defend, you defend Nunez. He, he had a great spell. He hit the bar four times. If they'd have gone out, they didn't go in. That's all that because matters. Because he didn't miskick them. That's why. But, it's just, oh, that's, that's ridiculous. Just, that's pure down to luck. But, Ga- but Gakpo, however you hit it, it goes in. It's a goal. If you're asking me right now, because Jota can have every one in five games where, again, the old, he doesn't really, he looks, everything bounces off him and he doesn't look like a footballer. And he looks like he's a sprite on a computer game glitching and running into the ground <laughs> and just like absolutely, looking yeah. absolutely terrible. He's more consistent. He has to start. Gakpo, I think, is giving us a little bit more. 
Nunez is dropping down, and then Diaz was dynamite last night. So suddenly Darwin's place is now looking in jeopardy again. He's got to finish those. You've got to put those chance. He puts that chance away first off, and has the rest of the game. That's a quality performance. He doesn't. It's an okay performance because the main thing you're asked to do is score, and you didn't. Dave, let me come in before you go. go let on, me man. come in. So I'll, 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 I'll be quite quick on this before you can have your say. I, I, I thought I, I 100% with Jules about that chance. I mean, he's got to, got to, got to put that away. And for me, the finishing is a big, big problem. It's like an elephant's in the room. I mean, it's, it, it's bigger than a fucking elephant. It's absolutely fucking huge. The finishing is a serious problem. That said, I come back to other things which are, not, which are still giving me um, cause for optimism. I, I can't, I can't forget how well he did in his last season at Benfica, including in the Champions League. And you and I were chatting just before the pod started. We both watched that those that highlights reel recently, and he's scoring all types of goals from all kinds of places. Every kind of finish he wants is in was there that season, and he was scoring them in numbers. So I, that's in my mind. That's definitely in my mind. The other thing, as well as is, I, I'm I'm not quite as all in on his performance last night as John was on the chat where John said he was a menace from start to finish, but he does cause opposing defences big problems. They're terrified of his pace. They're terrified of his movements. Also, in the build-up to, I think Jules t- talked about the layoff and for, for Mo's goal, the first one. Absolutely. But just prior to that, he did a little sort of spin and layoff to Dom, who broke through the middle in the build-up to that goal, which I thought was absolutely sensational. It was really quick thinking, really good ball, and then it allowed us to sort of spread our front four as was, the front three plus Dom, and leave their defenders at sixes and sevens, not knowing which way it's going to go. And that was a real piece of link-up play amongst the forwards that I think we've not seen much this season. Um, so I think those, all of those things, those positives are there for me. But the finishing is chronic. It's absolutely chronic. It's so wildly inconsistent and a massive, massive, massive worry. Um, and I think we're maybe in a... In a good position in that it's not at the moment costing us um, but with Mo going away it's something that's becoming even more pressing for me I'm just pleased that Jota has come back just as Mo goes so I'm, I'm not writing him off by any means I still really like him, I still think he's got a lot to offer but the finishing for me is a huge huge worry Um, Yeah I'm not going not gonna to argue, the finishing has got to be better I do think that in terms of finishing, it's a specific type of finish that's got to be better because I think a lot of the other stuff, like what when he's near misses and stuff, has been unlucky. But the one on ones, he's got to do better. Now, the thing he's doing every time, he's not like hitting them over the bar or hitting them wide. He's hitting the goalkeeper pretty much every time, and that's to me that's someone who's like not not confident enough to go. Oh, I'm just going to put it in the corner. He's trying to make sure. Like that, he's hitting the target, and like the the what the first one last night, you've got to score that, no question about it. You've got to score the second one v one in the in the second half. The angle's not great, and he's tried to go across, and the keeper's made a good save. The the the, the um, if you want to call it like the xg on that, I'd imagine is not particularly high. That's not one where he's got to score. The one in the first half, absolutely, he has got to. But going back to Jill saying he wasn't involved that much in the first twenty five minutes. I don't think he touched the ball until about the 11th minute. But that's not really his fault. It's just the way the game went. But Klopp said afterwards stuff that we wouldn't really pick up on, but it was an interesting point. He said, like, 
played him through the middle. It was like, you know, we were happy with the decision to play him because what he did was he kept the two centre-backs together, which made it, it allowed space for everybody else. Because, it's the, you know, he said, like, if Gakpo was have played, he's dropping off. So maybe, like, one centre-back will go with him and they've still got the other centre-back there. And he said, you know, they come up with solutions. He said, but Darwin being in the middle kept both centre-backs close together because they were scared. And they would be scared because of what he's done to them in the past. So that's probably made it difficult for him to get into the game much because he's got, like, no space. He's got two centre-backs to deal with. But once we started to... You know, to, to find him, and he was able to drift out wide, maybe get it, like, you know, find a little bit of space there. I thought he was just like, he played really well. And if he'd have put that chance away in the first half, people would be singing from a completely different hymn sheet to what they are. And it's fine margins. He's got to get better at those 1v1s, no doubt about it. And it is really frustrating because I don't think it's that difficult. You know, those chances, they are not that difficult to score. It's like, I think it'll just click and then they'll start to go in. But I don't know when that's going to be. I thought it would have happened by now and it hasn't. He's still missing those chances, which he was missing 12 months ago when people were, were criticising then. He's got to fix that. And it, it's really frustrating because I don't think it's that difficult to fix. And I'm hoping that it's just going to be, once he puts a couple of those away, it kind of relieves a bit of the pressure in those situations and he's not overthinking it then. And he'll he'll start to go for the corners rather than just like putting them too close to the goalkeeper, um. But it's not a problem. It's like it's not. A, it's a problem, but it's not a, a problem for the team as such. It's not like this massive issue that we've got because he's contributing in other ways. He set up the first goal, and all the people who say he hasn't got a brain, well, if he didn't have a brain, he would have just put his head down and just twatted that. But he didn't. His head was up. He was composed. He did the right thing. He squared it for Mo. And I'm like, yeah, that that's quality. And Klopp went like to great lengths. So he probably over-egged it a little bit, but he's doing that because he knows the criticism that's coming his way. So he's he's like, you know, trying to boost that one up. And and he's saying about like 99.9% .9 of strikers would have just hit that, but you know, he's unselfishly squared it, and that's the right thing. And that's like two of the the best things from that game last night was Darwin doing that and Jota doing that for Curtis. Because so often you see players just don't do that. You know, they'll just go on their own. Jota's little ball to Curtis. Like you said, Jules, he scored from like mad angles and stuff. Jota yeah. probably could have scored there. There's probably like a 75% chance that, that Jota scores in that situation. But there's like a 100% chance yeah. that Curtis scores. So yeah. him just playing that pass. And it's the same with Darwin. Yeah, he could have just blasted that and he might have gone through the goalkeeper or it could have gone in off the post or whatever. But it also... Maybe wouldn't have gone in, and everyone would be giving him shit because Mo's in the middle, totally unmarked. Well, he's just done the right thing, and well, so yeah, he's contributing sorry, to the team. Dave, he's just doing on, his just on the first one, it is. It's more important than that first one from from Nunez. And again, I you know, I I don't say he hasn't got a brain. I just anyway, that's not the point. The point is, it's nil nil at that at that moment. If he does blam it and misses, then the crowd's going to be even more like, oh for fuck's, you know, more on him, more more. The, more stressed out about the game because the way the the, the refereeing performance had gone and all that it was still nil nil. So not only was it the the smart decision, it was the smart decision in the context and how the game was going too. Because again, the percentages of most tapping it in from there are much higher than him scoring. And if he blams it and the keeper saves it, how does the game carry on after that? Do we get more frustrated or do we like sort of style it out and still and still manage to score? It's difficult to know. So again, it was in that moment. 
100% the right decision to, to do what he did. Yeah, it is. It, it's a worry though, isn't it, boys? I mean, it is a worry. I mean, Dave, the, I think the only... The th- as I've said, well, I mean, I'm just basically re-summarising my previous points in that everything apart from the finishing, I'm delighted with, really. But the finishing is like a massive, massive problem. But you told me you told me something before we started recording, which actually just gave me a little bit of pause for thought. Just just remind us about that, that what you told me before. Thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I've seen um, someone had tweeted out like a comparison. Suarez is 18 months, first 18 months a year, and Darwin's first 18 months. And I think Suarez has got one more goal from about 60 more shots and um, a lot more minutes. So I, I just think if if we were doing this pod, like when Suarez had been here, like, you know, 12 months or whatever, a lot of the, the discussions would be similar. Now, I'm not saying he's at the same level as Suarez because Suarez was, was fucking brilliant. And the only problem with Suarez in those 18 months was his finishing. But he was an absolutely incredible footballer. I'm not saying Darwin's at that level at all, but he's a good footballer. He's contributing. He's he's doing a lot for the team. He's you know he's involved in so many things. as like goals and assists, per ninety, all of that. It's all really good. And the only reason people are getting like the way they are is because it could be so much better. Yeah. And and I, th- I think it will be, but it's it, it. I'd like it to have happened already. It you hasn't. See, but I do think I've... it will come. The reason I find that a little bit reassuring, obviously I put it together with the way he played at Benfica, but I, I'm I'm dubious about the idea that after this length of time, a player can it can just click. That's what I'm dubious about. That's my biggest worry, really. However, there's a prime example of how it I, I really did click. Mm. So I mean, I suppose that is what's given me a little bit of pause for thought. But I, I, I just have to say again, it, it, it's a big worry for me. Like, and I think I'm just, as I said, I think it's very timely that Jota's back because I think if Jota wasn't back and Mo was going away, I'd, I'd be really, really concerned about how we put the ball in the net. Um, he, yeah, he needs, that's, that's he needs fair. goals. He needs goals. He, Darwin needs to be scoring goals. I think that's that's absolutely huge for him uh, and potentially for us as well if we're going to have a chance of winning this title. You can subscribe to the Liverpool Way podcast on all the major platforms, whether it's Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon or Podbean. Just search for the Liverpool Way, leave us a review and hit subscribe to automatically receive all new episodes. You can also head to liverpoolway.co.uk and grab a TLW season ticket for just £3 a month. There's tons of exclusive content, including match reports from every Liverpool game, weekly Premier League roundups, the TLW diary and access to the members only forum. Lastly, you can follow us on social media at the Liverpool Way on Twitter and at the Liverpool Way TLW on Instagram and Facebook. Yeah, no, that's and with fair. Mo away. It's, yeah, well, with Mo away, that, that may or may not be that big a deal, depending on how far Egypt go. Because you said about like, we haven't got a league game for, for two weeks. Like, best case scenario, Mo misses two league games, I think. Yeah, worst case scenario, though, he misses, he misses the Arsenal game. Yeah. So we've just got to hope that. I mean, Egypt are fucking dog shit, by the way. They just rely on Mo. Like, they play for nil-nils and, and hope that Mo sneaks something or they win on penalties. I mean, that last AFCON, I think every match they had went to penalties. Mo's playing fucking 120 That was Kriaros in, in charge, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was Kriaros like, oh, Mo's yeah. having to play 120 minutes every single game because they were just nil-nil or 1-1 and going to penalties. I think they had three penalty shootouts or something. Um, might have even been more than that. So we can do without that. We don't want him being run into the ground. But we just need them to go out early and he only misses two games and get him back. And 
two league games. Obviously, I'm not writing off the cups; it's still important. But we should be able to to get through two legs against Fulham without Mo. If we don't, then that's you know that's not because Mo's not here. That's because others no, have not done the job. That's all. Um, yeah. And you know, Arsenal away in the cup. I was thinking about this like straight after the game because obviously you know Mo's not there. And to me, the the biggest thing to come out of that last night, moving mm. forward, was Diaz looking like Diaz again. I'm like, yeah, well, yeah. I played Diaz on the right at Arsenal. I'd move him over to the right hand side. Darwin through the on, middle. Do you mean on Sunday in the cup game? Sunday, yeah. Arsenal in the cup game. I played Diaz on the right when Mo's not here. I think he's the best choice to play on the right hand side. Now maybe we we'll put Harvey there. I don't know, but I I don't want to do that because I want. I think like playing Arsenal away, you can counter attack them. And Harvey's not the quickest. It's not necessarily a game for Harvey in the front three. Now Harvey in midfield, fine. You know. I want to talk about that actually because Harvey not getting on and, and Gravenberg coming on that's mind blowing to me what yeah. what more does he have to do to I get mean, on the maybe it is a fitness thing because he, he has actually played a lot of minutes hasn't he relatively speaking even though he's not started many games has he though has he played that far many? more than Gravenberg yeah but I mean Gravenberg's just like not long coming off an injury as well he, he missed a couple of games like, maybe they want to start on Sunday I just I don't know I found that strange but it's no big deal no I, I game, did but, too I did too yeah, yeah. but yeah a little bit, little bit baffling um, all right, let's let's go back to the first half then, because we've been talking for like forty odd minutes, and we've not really covered much of the game itself. Um, so, first penalty. Oh, we had a disallowed goal first, didn't we? Um, Darwin runs through. He's fraction offside. Diaz scored. Nice finish from Diaz. Really unlucky from him that like once again he's had a goal disallowed. It's like feels like he's had about what three or four goals disallowed this mm. season for offsides. Um, some of which weren't, but you know, not going back to that one. Um, so we had that, and then we had the penalty. Uh, I'm surprised that there's like this talk about, oh, was that a penalty? I mean, I suppose I shouldn't be surprised because it's us. So you're going to have like knobheads constantly going Liverpool all that shit. But so it looked a clear penalty at the time. I don't think Anthony Taylor had any choice but to give that because it's just from where he is, it looks like a clear penalty. And then on the replays, well, there's contact. So if if there's contact, VAR can't do nothing about that. Do you know what though, Dave? So absolutely agree with that. But on that point, why the fuck are we spending three minutes with VAR checking it? I don't know why they're only supposed to overturn for a clear and obvious, a clear obvious mistake. If it's taken three minutes to check, it's clearly not clear or obvious. Yeah. What the fuck? Especially. it's different if the referee's not seen it and and they're having to look at it to see, yeah. well, is that a foul? But, but if the referee's it. given a decision, the whole clear and obvious thing is to back up the referee. Unless he's got it clearly wrong, they're not supposed to do anything. So he gives that. All all they've got to do is find one angle that shows there's contact and then that's it. Decision over. It You go with what's on the field. Whether it's soft or whatever, that's irrelevant. If the referee's given it, this is how they're supposed <laughs> to do it. So the referee gives that. As soon as you see on the replay that there's contact, well, that's it. It's a penalty. Exactly. It's, it's so similar. in the meantime, you've then got the penalty taken. And by the way, I don't think there's any excuse for Mo missing. Mo should have buried that penalty. But uh, just talking about those situations in general, the penalty taker then, whoever it may be, might not even be a Liverpool player, it might be the situation for another club, whatever. The penalty taker then is under huge pressure while they're waiting two, three, even longer sometimes. Three minutes, minutes to think about what he yeah, does. Yeah, to think about did what they're going to do. Did you hear what Mo said, actually, about the penalty? Uh, yeah, I did, yeah. Because yeah, that, that, about, goes, um, that reflects on yeah, what you've just said there. He's had too much time to think about that and he's overthought it, hasn't yeah. he? Yeah. 
when I watched it this when I rewatched the little highlights this morning uh, or fast forwarded through the match, you can see his face. He actually looks he looks perturbed when he's when he's actually lined up to take it, and he normally doesn't. He normally looks ice cold, and for that one. He looks concerned, and you can see he's inside his own head. Yeah, he, and he said that afterwards, like that. He, he, what did he say about the, the coach or something? He said that something about like yeah, the goalkeeping coach, coach came and had a had a conversation with uh, Dubravka, didn't he? And was like they were they were having a little conflab about it beforehand, and I think Mo was then worrying about you know what, what to he do. Told him, yeah, 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 yeah. But <laughs> just the, on that like funny thing, I don't know if you noticed it, but like on the second penalty, did you see Anthony Gordon? No. no, Anthony Gordon stood on the edge of the D, and his job must be to tell Dubravka where that penalty's going, and he points the wrong way, and Dubravka <laughs> dives the way Gordon points, and Mo puts it in the other corner. I'm like, yeah, nice job. <laughs> so I don't know if he did that on the first one or not, because I've I've not watched that back, but I've seen like on the second one, Anthony Gordon stood right in the middle of the D behind Mo and as he starts his run up he points like to the, the wrong corner how the fuck would Anthony Gordon know which way Mo was going to hit him uh, it's, I don't know it's bizarre but um, but yeah I, I'll tell you something John called both penalties by the way John said like first one he's going to blast it up the middle and second one he pointed what corner it was going to go in so shout out to John there but um, yeah the, I think because he's missed the penalty we've just had a goal disallowed it's a massive kick in the balls, isn't it? Like you know, it's yeah. and, but you've like the, I think Cop's problem with the crowd the other week was that when we were missing chances, instead of like seeing that as a, a reason to cheer more and go, yeah, we're almost here, we've got these on the ropes. People were getting deflated by the missed chances, and that was, you know, we spoke about like we think he was wrong and everything else, but that was the thing that pissed them off. Apparently, was the reaction of fans to missed chances. So when we've just had a goal disallowed, uh, and then we've missed the penalty. People could have got deflated, but I don't really think that happens. I thought, like, you know, the, the crowd was brilliant. But then we did have that bit of a dip after that, which I, I just put that down to Anthony Taylor. Just, I mean, have you seen the reasons why it, it, the, he's, he didn't book Joel in? Have you seen what they've said about why? Like, apparently, Mike Dean said, and PGMOL have said something, the same thing, that... And this is if this is true, this is the first time I've ever seen this happen in all the time I've been watching football. They're saying like um if a player is pulled back to stop an attack and an advantage is played, it's no yellow card. Like if it's a, if he kicks him, if it's like a dangerous foul, they can go back and give a yellow card. But if he's pulled them back, it's not a yellow card. I've now, never heard that. I've before. never ever seen that in my entire life of watching football. I've never seen it. That was the clearest yellow card you will yeah. ever ever see. Yeah, and it's from that's where he lost control of the game. Yeah, he for, did. For he did lose control because then, right. then he doesn't really give sense. a foul on Diaz, and Diaz yeah. gets booked for protesting. Yeah. Now Diaz well, about, protests because of what's happened with with Joe. There was about Everyone's four yellows, wasn't there, in that period? So Trent yeah. got booked for like Endo gives a foul away and Trent says something and immediately the card comes out of Trent and that's when Trent went at him and Canate had to drag him away because that and that all stems from I'm not booking Joe Linton the yeah. the yeah. whole thing that everything that happens after that comes from that one fucking scandalous decision like he's literally the only person in that entire stadium that does not see that as a yellow card. And of Joe, course, Joe, Joe Linton then gets, gets yeah, well, another book and set well, off and should have gone off. Of course he does, because we were saying this at half-time. All that did, him not booking Joe Linton, just gave Joe Linton a free pass 
So yeah. he will do the exact same thing again. If we have another counter-attack, there's nothing stopping Joe Linton just grabbing one of our players or chopping them down and taking the yellow card because he's got away with the yellow card so he can do that. So that that's all that decision did was just gave him a, a free pass. It's like he's got... And, and Gimenez is another one. The two of them get away with murder every week. It's like they've got the diplomatic immunity card that fucking Fernandinho passed down to Rodri. It's like they've got a, a photocopier of it as well and they're just showing it to referees. Can't send me off. No, you can't do it. They get away with murder. But like that decision just riles up everyone in the ground and then the, our players are pissed off about it. Diaz do you know what? gets fouled by Joe Linton, doesn't get a free kick. Diaz is pissed off, not because he didn't get the free kick, that's part of it, but it all stems from that. So we end up getting two players yellow carded because he doesn't. He, he makes that unbelievably shit decision. Do you know what I think feeds into that as well? Because he played the advantage and then the game carried on for a bit, everyone expects the booking to come. And the longer it goes on, you go, oh yeah, and he's going to have to go back for the booking. Yeah. Definitely. And then it finally, the game stops and nothing happens. And it's just like, whoa! That's massive build-up eruption. <laughs> I yeah. just thought he'd forgot. <laughs> yeah. But that yeah. Mo was straight there and a few of our yeah, other he players. Was, yeah. And they were telling him, they were like, hang on. And it's like, no, if he had forgot, he's just been reminded. But he hadn't forgot. Yeah. It's it's this interpretation. And like I think Henry Winter tweeted out like the passage from the rule book or something and saying like this is the, the what they, they're saying about why that was wasn't a yellow card. Well, okay. So that rule exists and technically he's he's followed that rule. Why have we never ever seen that before in any game? Yeah. It's it, it's mad. I've never seen it. It's like it, it's a fucking horse collar tackle. It's a fifteen yard penalty in the NFL. Yeah. It wasn't just a little tug of the shirt. It was like I'm fucking taking him down here. It was totally yeah. cynical. Yeah, yeah. Just and then the one the one against Canati for that he was booked for was horrendous. He could have he could have it was Canati, wasn't it? I think it was Endo. Oh, was it? Oh Endo? no, no, sorry. Um, no, I'm sure it was Canati. He went, he went right through him, and uh, he he kicked up off the off the water on the pitch as well at the same time. It was, uh, it was. I thought it was, it was borderline dangerous that one. It certainly should have. Oh been yeah, going yeah. Off. Sorry, yeah. It was Canata. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did in the second half, but that's because he's got a free hit, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. He, he, to be fair, I don't think he makes that tackle if he if he got the yellow card earlier. And that's why he should have had the first one. Yeah, I know. That, that was dangerous. But I don't think that's a case of like, oh well, that would have been a red because I don't think he would have done that. He was just taking advantage of like the free hit that he was given by not getting that first one. Yeah. But like. If if that's the rule, and I'm not saying it is because I've never seen it before, but if that's the rule, I don't want the advantage. I want you to fucking stop the game and book Joe Linton. I don't want yeah. you to play the advantage in that situation. We did not get an advantage. I know we were on the attack, and yet maybe we could have scored, but no, I would rather you stop the game there and then because it's not like it's on the edge of the box and we're clean through. It's like on the halfway line. Stop the game and give him a yellow card. But, I mean, the, the right thing to do is play on and then give him the yellow card. But what I'm saying is if that's not what they're going to do, if that's this rule interpretation that they're all going to follow now, and it'd be interesting to see if that happens again, because I've never seen it before, so let's see if it happens again. But if that's how it is, I want the I want the booking. I don't want the advantage. Do you know on the, um, just while we're on Taylor, I've just got a question for you both boys, because I'm not clear, exactly clear about what happened. Do you know when Diaz got booked? Did Taylor stop the game to book Diaz for dissent? Because because Diaz was fouled, clearly fouled in my view. He went nuts because he didn't get fouled, and then then Taylor blew the whistle and booked Diaz. Can you do that? Did he st- I don't what know. was he stopping I'd the game to, for? I'd have to watch he that. D- back. He d- I don't know. He did. He blew the he blew the whistle and stopped the game. 
And I don't know what he stopped the game for. Diaz got the Diaz got the card. I'm pretty sure for dissent. Certainly, there was no Diaz didn't foul anybody. He didn't kick the ball away. Diaz got fouled. Yeah, because he it didn't stop weird. the game for the foul, like for the foul on Diaz. Yeah, exactly. So it's really there, weird. And yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't no, know. He, he blew his whistle and then walked back, walked back and and uh, gave gave Diaz the card. Yeah, and because and I was then worried about is Diaz going to say something else yeah. after getting the card? Yeah, and Taylor definitely lost control for those. Yeah, from he that, did. That, from that moment, that Joe Linton one onwards, he totally lost control of the game. And it's staggering that like that he it's such an easy call to make. It's just genuinely like. I mean, I, I didn't know about that, apparently, that the, he's following the rules or whatever. As I say, I didn't know that at the time because I've never seen it before, so why would you know that that's what the rule is? But, like, all I could think of when I'm watching that, I'm like, there is absolutely no explanation for this other than he's he just wrong. wants to be a twat and he, he's like wants to rile up the crowd. Because it, it made yeah, no yeah. sense. If you'd have gone, like, in that Newcastle end, Showed them that incident, stopped the game there, and then and went. Is that, is that going to be a yellow card? Every one of them would have gone. Yeah, it's going. He's definitely going to get booked for that. Like this, it, even the most biased person in the world would still say, yeah, that's a yellow card. It's the most obvious yellow card. I mean, so he definitely loves being the centre of attention, doesn't he? He's a right busy bastard. On both the penalties, did you see how he got everything set? He got everyone out. And on both occasions when Mo was lined up, he walks back towards Dubravka to, to say something else. It's almost mm. like he just wants to be the centre of attention. Quite a few of them are like that, aren't they? Yeah, they are, yeah. Why can't they we are. just have my boy Kavanagh at every game? <laughs> That's going to come back to I know, it is. He's going to get the Man City game. He's going to get the Man City game not just you. Yeah, it, it's going to be Man City at Anfield and he's going to have the fucking worst game of all time. <laughs> but no, but the um, it, I, I just feel like that really just for, for 10 minutes or so it ruined the game it just it got everyone's back up so I've got like no voice today because of that Trent could easily have been sent off because Trent had lost his shit completely there he got, he got booked because he gave I think it, he gave a foul against Endo and the crowd's all like totally like baying for blood because of what's gone on before and then he pulls the yellow card out. And initially I'm like, has he booked Endo for that foul? Because there's nothing in it. And then I was like, he's not looking at Endo when he does it. And I'm like, okay, it's Trent. And Trent carries on going at him. And all I could think at that moment was like a couple of weeks ago, Lewis Dunk with the same fucking referee. And Lewis mm -hmm. Dunk got like a, a decision given against him and he got a yellow card and he went, you fucking bell end. And then, right. he, and then he got a straight red like for, straight right, for yeah, after yeah. that. And I'm like, Trent, don't do it. Like, I don't know what Trent was saying to him. You know, Hopefully he didn't call him a fucking bellend because you, you know, we've seen what, what that does. Uh, but I don't know what he was saying, but like they had to drag him away. And even after he'd been dragged yeah. away, every decision that after that, like Trent was still going towards and, Taylor. And do you know and, the worry for me was? His, his body language was very aggressive, Trent, wasn't yeah. it? Like yeah. leaning in, yelling. Like properly trying to get into his face, it was just yeah, it wasn't good. Trent's Trent body work. language is like mine. <laughs> yeah. I was just standing there going, "You fucking baldy mank twat, fuck off, Taylor, you baldy mank bastard." <laughs> it was just like a good five minutes of me just like screaming that. But uh, no, I, I just think um, he ruined the game for like ten minutes, and thankfully half time came and we were able to just regroup then because we put that behind us and. Um, 
you know, it didn't cost us in the end. And, you know, it's funny because, like, you look on Twitter and all you're seeing is fans of other teams going on about, like, oh, look, two penalties and, you know, referees favouring Liverpool since that Tottenham game and all this. I'm like, fucking hell. It's like two penalties that any referee in the world is going to give mm. because when you look at the replays and it is only, like, the slightest of contact and that, he's not seeing that. He, for everyone in the ground, like, you're looking at that and going, oh, yeah, it's a penalty. So of course he's going to see it and give it. There's nothing. There's absolutely nothing dodgy about anything that's gone on there in terms of decisions that we've got. But because we get two penalties and Eddie Howe doing as usual, like Mister Nice Guy, he's like talking about yeah, we've got to play better. We tried and you know um, I'm pleased with the lads, but Liverpool are really good and they've played well. But you know I don't think that we were helped because they were not penalties. It's like oh fuck off. It's like all of the other stuff is setting it up. For him to complain about the decisions and like he does that all the time. You watch the, like Eddie Howe, it's he complains about decisions, but he does it in a way that he doesn't look like a moaning bastard. Whereas you've got some others like Dice will just come out and his first thing will be he'll say, I don't know what the referee's thinking there with, with that. Eddie Howe's just a lot more subtle in the way he does it. But it's Eddie Howe's Eddie Howe's a disciple of the Prince of Sinai, doesn't he? Yeah. He uh, he had that little period that uh, he went to Atletico Madrid, didn't he? And um, spent spent a little bit of time there. He's an Evertonian then... as well. So what, what oh, is he? Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's that, an Evertonian. That, that explains even more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, he, he's. He, I mean, his teams have been far more cynical since he had that period at, at uh, Atletico Madrid. I tell you what, um, though, I, I I had no problem whatsoever with Newcastle's approach to the game last night. No, true, actually, compared true. to last season, I, I yeah, didn't think they were time wasting at all. Definitely. Joe Linton only went down twice in the first half. Like keeper we, wasn't dwelling on the ball either. No, there was there was none of that. I, I didn't no, have any true, problem yeah. with it. And even like you know, Joe Linton's foul. No, that's not on him. He's he's just like tried to stop a dangerous attack. I've got no problem with him doing that. The only problem is that he didn't get the yellow card that he should have got. I've got no problem with him doing it because oh, I, do you know, I, I'd want our players to do similar. If absolutely, like it's a dangerous I mean, counter Stop it! Just foul them. Yeah, take the ball yeah. Me, me and John were having a broader discussion um, before the game in the pub. Actually, um, while well, it was still absolutely lashing it, mind it was lashing it down all night. But in the pub, we were talking about this idea of you know teams deserve this or deserve that or you know we deserve better than that result because of the way we played or. Other teams don't deserve anything because they play a certain type of football. I have got absolutely, and John was saying exactly the same thing. I, teams can come and play however they want. I've got no problem with that. There isn't a right or a wrong way to play football. Uh, they can also go physical. They can cheat. They can do all of that. The, the thing for me is it's, there's, there's only two things that concern me. One, how do we react as a team? We've just got to beat what's in front of us. And two, how does the referee deal with any of the cheating? So, yeah. so for me, that those that, that that's the pertinent issue there. It's about how the referee deals with deals with the situation. I've got no problem at all with Newcastle doing whatever they want to do, and certainly Joe Linton. My issue is not with Joe Linton as a player. It's it's about the referee not booking him the first yeah. time round. My issue last season, I had big issues with what Newcastle did, and Joe Linton especially the time wasted. Seven times he went down injured. My season. issue is the referee Seven. needs to deal with that. 
yeah, if, they, if that's who they want to be, that's up to them. But the referees, there's laws against that, and the referees have to apply those laws, and they weren't. That but they, was what was they took it to there. extremes. You'd expect a certain amount of that, and it's understandable. And you're like, okay, let the ref deal with it. But they took it to massive extremes. Whereas last night, I've got absolutely zero problem with anything that they did. I didn't think they came no, and, and shit out of time. It was none of that. It's fine. Just a, a quick point here, because listeners are probably thinking, like, let Jules have a say. Jules has been gone for like <laughs> ten minutes. He's he's in work. He's, so. He's just nipped off to get ready, and I think he's going to come back on before he leaves for work. So it's not just us. Like we haven't just jibbed him out the chat. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. But um, so it's nil nil at half time. Somehow, I mean, how that? No, game I am here. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just listening to you two. Are you back now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. You got anything you want to add to that? What are we talking about? No, I was gonna. Did you? No. <clears throat> they, I did think they were. They did try some of the old. Both centre backs come down. Oh no, no, got to kick it long. They did do a little bit of that last night. They did, but the, the you're right. The shit housing last season was absolutely off the scale. In fact, the shit housing last season was so much off the scale that I couldn't. I just I'd had enough, and I was like, I'm, I'm going now. I can't. I'm, the injury time, the Carvalho goal, I didn't even see because I'm like, I don't. Yeah, yeah, I don't. But the thing is, I'm not. I'm not one. I'm not like. I'm not one of these people who have to be like. I was there. I saw that. We scored, and I was like, great, they made up, we scored. I don't have to be there first, but oh, it, it, I, I, it's enjoyment is lesson because I'm not in the stadium. I was like, get him. But I just, their, their time wasting was the point that it wound me up so much. Like, I just can't, I just can't have this anymore. I'm going, I'm getting off. So, yes, it was better last night. But then again, fucking should be better the amount of fucking money and the way they want to play football, the way they want to be. You can't play, unless you're Atletico Madrid. And yes, Eddie Howe did spend time there. But you can't, you know, that that's a very specific type of play that uh, Simeone has going on there. It's not, it's not possible to do it, everyone to do it. You don't really get a chance. Uh, and just quite, you know, they've got a lot of injuries. Quite frankly, if they had played that way last night, it would have been more understandable yeah, than last was, season, yeah. right? That's <laughs> but, why I expected mm. it. And, and there's the ir- there's it. the irony. You'd have expected yeah. it last mm. night, and they didn't actually do it. Yeah, good point. I don't think they've got as many injuries as, as like it's being made out. They have had loads of injuries, but they've got quite a few players back now. And that team that they put out was like not that far off the best team. That was that was a good side, I think. Yeah, I didn't think it was strong side. A depleted can, team. Can I right? just say on as well, Isaac's finish was very good. It's um, a good finish and, at him though. And when he scored that I mean Dave might not have thought, but I did think the fucking Darwin's gonna finish like that. Oh no, I I, I, I thought I didn't think that. I thought, oh, all the knobheads now are going to be like, why can't Darwin do that? That, that was, <laughs> I swear to God, that was what I thought when that went in. But he is a really good finisher, Isaac. He, he, you know, I, I'd, I'd back him in those situations. He's very good at it. No question about it. It was He took it really well. I thought that little prick, Anthony Gordon, was really good in the build-up to that as well. I thought, you know, he did well to... I mean, you could quibble that we should have closed him down a little bit better, but I thought he danced through... Uh, Trent and whoever it was at Dom trying to close him down and then so, the, yeah. the, the early ball through my only maybe consideration around that goal is Virgil just being in two minds as to whether to hold the line or not but even so it was still a great finish you've beaten the best keeper in the world yeah. from that angle there um, so you know I, yeah, I sometimes really lose too much sleep over that sometimes people just write goal, the, the old Chris Kamara goals on Sunday every goal is a defensive mistake and not just like well that's just a good finish sometimes yes there are things you could do better um, he did get through quite easily, but you still got to finish, and it was a quality finish. 
Yeah, I, I do think Virgil's got to do better. They've either got to play him offside or get closer on the run. Yeah. It's, it's unlike just, him to be. It's unlike him between. to wobble like that, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. That's, that's not very Virgil like that. Touch off, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. but, you know, it's, it happens. It's only a, a slight mistake. And yeah. most of the time you get away with that, but he didn't because the lads took the goal really well. On Anthony Gordon, I tell you what, like I was really surprised by why the fuck was he playing him against Joe Gomez? Yeah, and then as <laughs> soon as he moved him to the left, they scored because he, he does that run. I would have thought right from the start you'd put him in the space where Trent is make Trent either play right back or if Trent's in field, then he's Gordon's got space. But he plays Joe Linton out there and plays Gordon on the right. He, yeah. he never got a fucking kick against Joe Gomez. And then the second he goes to the left, they start giving us problems down that side. Although well, Trent largely did play right back, didn't he? He didn't come inside very yeah, much. Yeah, he, he, he was definitely more more of a fullback. But he said that himself, hasn't he? Sometimes, like if that's where the space is, that's where I'm going to play. He just goes where he can, where the space is, where he can get on the ball more. So yeah. obviously that was a game where he thought I need to stay wider. But yeah, I, I just I was surprised that they, they kept Anthony Gordon on, on the right hand side and not the left. And then it was only they made that change, didn't they? They brought Almiron on and then switched them over. But you know that Almiron, Newcastle fans fucking hate him. I thought they loved him. I thought he was like a cult hero and that. And he's been trending on Twitter a few times recently and I've clicked on it to see and all it is is Newcastle fans saying like how bad he is and he's the most one footer player in the league and all this. I'm like, oh, I look and he's got a stupid fucking face as well. He looks like a worm with eyebrows. I've, yeah. I've always said that. Him and Jesus, the pair of them. Jesus just looks like he's got a bad smell under his nose the whole time. <laughs> he's permanently got that expression. But yeah, Almiron, like the Newcastle fans have turned against him big time. So, like, oh, what? Now you're in the top half of the table. You're like, yeah, he's shit. Fuck him off. When he was like your big hero when you were in the bottom half. But um, yeah, he, he gave us a few problems, but thankfully, like, he just had no quality at the end of it, that Almiron, because he got in a couple of times, didn't he, when the game got a bit stretched. Yeah. But, so, like, so it's 1 1. Then, that was, I think one of you said earlier about what a shock that was against the runner playing that, because I just thought once we got that first goal, it was like a big sigh of relief, like, okay, we'll yeah, steamroll so, them now. Yeah. And Klopp said that, didn't he? He said, like, you know, we just got, like, we were too relieved after we scored, and then we conceded. And then he's like, we get to three one, and then same thing happens again. We switch off, and, and then it's three two. But um, when did we make the subs? Was it one one when we made the subs? I'm not sure. Or was it? Had we got to two one? Who got the second? No, goal? it was two one because Kurt, Curtis got because Curtis it looked like he was going to get subbed after he'd scored, but he'd just gone across to the touchline for instructions. So it was after that. The yeah, subs so came it, on after it's two one. It was two one, and then we made the subs because I thought we no, made, no, because yeah. Jota, Jota, yeah, Jota, Jota played was, the pass, Jota so was yeah, involved, the subs yeah. Made. yeah, it so was it must one, have been one, one all. Oh, it was McAllister who came on then. McAllister came on after. No, he after, came on after that. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, he came on when we were at two one. I think didn't he? McAllister. Wasn't McAllister that he was the last sub to be made? Wasn't he? Yeah, subs definitely happened after Jones scored because yeah, <laughs> he went. He went across and it looked like he was going to get subbed, but it was tactical. Yeah, that was the McAllister one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, so. Yeah, okay. we, so it was 1-1 yeah. when, the, when the triple change was made. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, I thought we went a little bit too early there with the changes. I thought like we were playing well, we were creating chances. I was surprised Diaz them. went off. Very surprised he took Diaz Well, I would have given it another 10 minutes. And if you're making a change, then, okay, uh, Jota for Darwin, make that, because Diaz is like really having a, a, a big impact. You, you want the finisher on. So I could see the logic in doing that's that. That's what I would have done, The yeah. triple change... 
I didn't like it. I thought it's too early to do that. And I thought like for you know five ten minutes, it did kind of disrupt our rhythm. But then it's all worked out well in the end because once once we got going again, I thought all the subs made it made an impact. I wonder um, if it was just partly that that intensity thing that you I think you or Jules touched on earlier about. I think no, I think Jules said you you can't press that intensely across a season. You know it's it's moments in games and. We just decided to go for it today to really go for the, the high intensity press, and maybe yeah. that just took a bit more out of some of the players. And I said about like uh, Gakpo missing his finish, which he did, but I thought he played really well when he came on. So I'm not I'm not knocking Gakpo. I'm just saying he did miss miss kick the finish, but he made a big impression. He, he might well have, but you still can't say it when when you, you defend the player who doesn't finish it. I can't say it. No, I can't say it. And you know why I can't say it? Because. I'm the one, remember, who criticised Darwin for the goal he scored for Uruguay when like people were going on, oh, he scored, what are you criticising? I'm like, I didn't like the finish. More often than not, that's not going to go in. So I can I can critique a finish. Did you not feel that was my ball, craft? That was a finish, yeah. I'll, oh, of course oh I'm my gonna, God. Of course I'm going to critique how a striker puts oh the ball God. in the head. Oh, dear. Um... Back in the real world, do you not think that that like, sort of bounced up a wee bit, though? So he had to, he had to sort of improvise the finish. Possibly, but it doesn't change the fact that he missed it, and he said it himself afterwards. You know, it's he's admitted it afterwards. It wasn't a clean finish. You're and in the Andy Townsend world of, in any phase, it too well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's why the goalkeeper's totally beaten by the shit finish. Like the the goalkeeper stopped like pretty much everything all night. <laughs> Because he's anticipated where the ball's going and he's made the save. And then that one, it's like he thinks, okay, he's going to hit it there. And then he scuffs it into the other corner. But um, yeah, we spoke Sounds like the... game intelligence to me, that scuffing it because the keeper's hitting it well. Because no. the keeper's saving everything. Pure luck. But you reckon Paul sounds like game intelligence to me, though? <laughs> it's pure luck. Well but, uh, I'm Mo, totally lost you know track those... of goals now. So the... Well, we, do, we, we sort of touched on the second and the third, and I think just a point I want to make on You know both. what we didn't say about the we... second, though? Mo. Well, that's what I was just yeah. going to say, Dave. Yeah. Mo's yeah. involvement in both of those goals. So, Jota, on the second goal, Jota picks up the ball just inside our half on the right. He carries it forward, lays it off to Mo. And then, it, it's a great run, but the ball that Mo... I think Mo megs the defender to lay it into Jota, who plays it across to, to Curtis for the tap-in. But then, if anything, I think on the on the third goal, it's oh, even is outrageous! Yeah, fantastic. It is. Um, outside it's so, of the it's, foot. So, it's so languid the way he hits it with the outside of his foot. It just yeah. a perfect ball in, and it's got and about it just, six yards of bend on it as well. Yeah, it and just so takes much. out the entire Newcastle defence. Yeah, um, and Gakpo did really well as well, just to hold his line because he was offside a little bit as Mo received the ball. He just dropped and then went again. Well, he looked very offside, didn't he? Because everyone had pushed up and he was all, he was like alone. It. When they VAR checked it, I did think oh, he, the ball was quality, so that might be why he was on his own. But also, he, he might well be offside because yeah. he was so on his own that it looked like, yeah, you've got to be offside there, surely. So it's again, a bit of a, a qual- muted celebration as well, what, because of that. And even like yeah. Newcastle's players were stood line, around, didn't like all yeah. confused, thinking, surely that's yeah. offside. What was that instant in the second half where there was a, there was a foul in the box? And Darwin had the ball, and he stopped for a second because no whistle went. The whistle thought, didn't oh. go, yeah. And he thought, oh, I'll carry on. And then he carried on, and the whistle went. It's like, why the fuck didn't you just blow yeah. the whistle then? I know, because it was a clear I, foul. But he, he stopped for like whistle. a good second. He mm. stopped and went, oh, oh no, I'll carry on then. Because the, was the crowd, everyone was shouting, carry yeah. on, because the, the whistle didn't go. And he's like, all right then. 
yeah, it's that it's sort of weird, weird shit that that Taylor was doing from like the fortieth minute on, like delaying delaying whistles, not make it just we just completely lost it. Perhaps the rain got to, got got into his head, into his bald head. Paul, is, that, is that a thing? Me and Jules uh, got know. no points of reference <laughs> yeah, for that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's why he had to get in so early one. last night. It's, it's, that's why you know he's wearing hats, yeah. isn't he? <laughs> I've got to go in, boys. I've got to go in. Boys, the rain will get into my head. <laughs> <laughs> the only surprising thing with that was he didn't yellow card Darwin for, for you know, kicking the ball away. I was fully expecting him to he's do it. He's snide enough yeah. and officious enough to do yeah. it, isn't he? I know. Listen, can we just? I just want to just before Jules gets off because I know he lo- he's a he's a massive fan of Mohamed Salah, and I want to just get his take on this. Um, mo- mo- some some data I picked up on Twitter this morning: Mohamed Salah in the Premier League so far this season, most goals and assists. Apologies for the assist shout, Dave. Uh, most expected goals and expected assists. Most shots on target, most big chances scored, most big chances created, most open play chances created, most touches in opposition box, most goals, most assists. Fucking hell. What a player. Could you say that's him sort of tailoring his game as he slows down a wee bit, that the assists are going up? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely, I'd say. But he's still getting the numbers there with goals as well, isn't it? That's what I find so incredible. I also feel like... I, you know, people still think he's going to go to the Saudi league next year. I just, why would I don't. You? No, I don't. I think he'll be thinking, I, I want to win the Champions League next season. Mm. Yeah. Uh, there's no way he's going to the Saudi. I tell you, I, 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 if I was the club, I'd be, we had a little chat about this on the group chat the other day. Smithy mentioned this ages ago, back in the summer, I think. Smithy was talking about, you know, maybe offering him a new deal. And I think the club maybe should be looking at offering him a new deal. I think you'd have to think carefully about the terms and incentivising it. But I don't see any drop off him, Mo. I just see what you're talking about there, Jules. He's changing his game, but the output is absolutely still there. And why would he want to leave when he's still doing the numbers? He's still setting records. He's still in for all the big trophies. This is a fella who's very, very focused on winning the lot, isn't it? You know, on legacy, on records, on numbers, on all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. I've, I see no reason why he would want to go at the end of this season when he's got another season left. But I also think he'd sign an extension if, he, if it was offered to him right now. And I, I think we should seriously consider it. He's fucking brilliant. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> and it's going to be, like, let's not... Some people might dismiss his contribution, but we'll find out now when we win the Afcons on. I I wish I, I don't know why they get to have it every two years. That's the really irritating bullshit thing about the Africa. Yeah. Yes, I don't like. I get that it's in January. That's not a problem to me. But that it's every two years. That is a problem. That's like not even yeah. UEFA are that greedy. Like, yeah. You know, if UEFA could get away with having the European Championships every every two years, they you know they would. And they don't, and and yet the African Cup of Nations it's every two years in the middle of the season, and then yes, it's like it's unfortunate. I don't really like bemoaning it, but then don't have it, every, don't have it every two years. For fuck's sake! But we'll find out exactly where we are, and how you know can can Darwin flourish, etc. Can Gakpo do what he needs to do when we've got no Mo Salah? We've got no. This will be this will be the first period when we've had no Firmino, Mane, or Salah in the team since 2016, right? Yeah, None of them, because well. Firmino was here last year. Bobby was here last year, so yeah, well, we will really, we will really see what it's going to be like. It's definitely a test. Definitely a test, mm. no doubt. And at the time, well, why Man City still have a, have this cupcake run in the league where you'd have to expect them to get maximum points. 
I just think the timing of Jota coming back is very important. So I think we might, yeah. I think that might be almost perfect timing that he's come back and seems to hit the ground running instantly as soon as he's back. I think we we couldn't have asked for that to be any better with him coming back from uh, injury. Likewise, Macker as well with with Endo going. Yeah, yeah. And Jota coming back to like and looking great straight away is yeah. not something yeah. that usually happens. No, that's right. He's normally terrible when he first comes back. Takes a while yeah. to get going, but now he's he's looked in the groove. Uh, straight away, but just just on Mo, like he was man of the match for me. Even though, like the first half, you know he's missed the penalty. He's not played great, but by the end of the game, it's like he he had that much of the ball. He's that, dominated like, the game. Eventually, you know, even when like a lot of the stuff he's doing is not coming off, it's not working. Just like just sheer persistence, and the best thing about Mo is just is is belief. He's, yeah. he's totally unwavering no matter how the yeah. game's going like he said after he said like in the interview that he done afterwards at half time he told himself yeah there's no way you're going off to like Afcon like this <laughs> uh, you know like that that first half he's like yeah this, this is not how I'm going to leave to go to Afcon elite uh, elite level sport it is uh, you know yeah. and he's just yeah. gone out and he's he's just made things happen did you get onto what Klopp said about him as well? And I think this, I think Klopp has, has indirectly put to bed the idea that he'd ever take Mo off penalties. So he was asked about, I think Mo's missed four of the last ten, and he was asked about that, and he came back with, when you've got numbers like Mohamed Salah's, you miss a lot of chances as well, including penalties. But that means that you know how to deal with the misses, you know how to, you know how to deal with the, the the downsides of the game, and then you come back and you're in a position to put it right at the next opportunity. And that's so you're saying absolutely get Darwin true, on I penalties. Say, say again. So you're saying get Darwin on penalties so we can cope better with all his misses. Took them for Benfica, maybe, maybe, maybe that's a thing. Well, so I've do... taken why Mo's not here. Yeah, I'd have McAllister on penalties when Mo's not here. Fair enough. To be fair. Yeah. I just do think that's the thing about Mo that that mental that mental strength. It's the yeah. fact that he just in in a way it's 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 very similar to Allison, isn't it? You know, Allison's the same. Allison can have a moment where he makes a mistake, doesn't affect him mentally at all. No. Mo's exactly the same. Clinical. Did you see like when um, when Carter asked him afterwards, was there any ever any chance that you weren't going to take that second penalty? And did you see like no? Mo, no. <laughs> it was like as if <laughs> but that's the thing if he'd have missed three penalties and we'd have got a fourth he'd have still been like no give me the ball and, and, yeah. and he'd be right to say that as well Yeah, because he, he's he, fucking brilliant never never any doubt even though there should be no, there should be doubt but he would he would not accept in his head he would just not doubt himself and that's the thing that, that separates like you know like the, the greatest from just the very good it's just yeah. that like total belief. Like whatever sport it is, if it's basketball, the great players always want the last shot. They're like, "Give yeah. me the ball, I'll make the shot," and you, the others defer to them. And it, it's like that with Mo. But the two passes, like he's not getting the assist for for the um, for Curtis's goal, but the pre-assist. Yeah, I, there's no stat for that. But well, I know I take the piss out of assists and all that. Not Mo's. Mo's assists are nearly always proper assists. So. You know, he's not apart taking... from that one I said, and you went, That's not an assist. Which one was that? <laughs> and I said, Nearly always, so I covered myself. Yeah, there. but no, they, ne- they nearly always are proper assists, so it is. It's he made it off five yards, didn't need to someone who blamed it in. <laughs> See, that but those ones are not really assists, but most of the ones that Mo has are like legitimate assists, which is why the numbers are like you know, the I think it's I think it's 27 goal involvements in 27 games. 
So it's outrageous. I think it's like eighteen goals and nine assists, something like that. But it is like it is a relevant stat. He's that. not he's not padding the stats with like corners and stuff like that. Like your boy Trent. <laughs> Trent shot in that first half when he shouldn't really oh have my Was that a shot though? <laughs> yes, it But it grazed was. the outside of the post. I it can't imagine there was, no one in, there was no one in there, Dave. It was a I, shot. It had, knocked, it had knocked someone out. They tried to get their head on it. He hit it so hard. I can't oh, imagine it was. Speaking of that, did you see what Curtis did like, um, when all that shit was going on with Anthony Taylor booking people and that? Did you see Curtis yeah. twat the ball into the crowd? Yeah, and apologise. Yeah, he didn't mean. He wanted to hit it against the boards because he was pissed yeah. off, and he got a little too much height on it, and it just fucking flew right into like the third or fourth row, and then he spent like the next thirty seconds like just apologising for it because it, like, it wasn't what he was doing. But yeah, he just fucking bland it right into the crowd from like point blank range. On that, I've got to go, boys. Yeah, nice one, mate. Nice one. Good. Take stuff. it easy. Right. Yeah, speak to you later. See you later. So yeah. are, we, where, are we up to the uh, the Newcastle um Yeah, we're corner? up to 3-1, aren't we? Uh, yeah. So then... I don't know about you, Dave. On that corner, I just thought... I just thought we weren't ready. They just took it. They just got themselves set properly. We were a little bit kind of like too relaxed. And then it was just bottoming up against Jota, which is quite clearly no contest. And uh, and it's in the back of the net. I I just... I, I They took it much quicker than... I mean, it wasn't like an instant, like a Trent... A Trent against Barcelona type thing, yeah. but they just got themselves set and hit it in there, and I just don't think we were quite um, mentally at it really. But I just think when you've got Botman up against Jota like that, there's there's, there's, there's nothing you can do about it. it it's it's going to be a goal. What was your take? What yeah, you I, it was. I watched it this morning, and Botman comes in and wins the header. But if you look, there's I think it's Dan Byrne in front of him almost wins the header. And both of them are like completely unopposed. They just ran in, and yeah. we're all like stood like statues while they're running. It was just yeah. it was a weird one to watch. It's not how we, we just normally didn't look defend, ready, did we? No, we don't normally defend corners like that. It was just it just looked wrong. Two yeah. players running in, yeah. totally unopposed. Both like I mean they're both big bastards as well, you know. So it, it's it's obviously difficult to deal with that. But we normally deal with it, you know. We're normally really yeah, good defensive corners. But it, I don't I don't know about you, but it didn't it didn't feel like a tumbleweed moment though. You know, I thought when 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 the first one went in, when Gordon played Isaac through, like there was there was like hush around the ground for like you know thirty seconds or so. But after that one, I don't, I got the sense that no one was really that concerned. Um, I mean, clearly no one wanted the goal to go in. But uh, I, I don't think anyone was thinking, oh, the results in the results in danger here, because I just felt we were so dominant. <laughs> Do you know what John said when it, when it went to three two? He oh. went, if I could, if I could guarantee, yeah, like he says, if we could guarantee this, he said, I'd want it, like I'd want them to get back to three three, and then I was like <laughs> scoring like the last kick of the game, and, and have another four three against them. He's like, and I was like, no, I, said, I, I wouldn't want those like few minutes of anguish. Even if you tell me this is definitely how it's going to go, I still don't think I could cope with the anguish if it goes to 3-3. Yeah, that would have felt different. 3-3 would have felt different, yeah, definitely. Yeah, but no, I, I wasn't particularly worried. I, I didn't think that they were gonna they were going to get back to 3-3. I thought we'd just either score again or we'd just see it out. And we did score again. You know, I, I, don't, I don't know if Jota deliberately went down or if he couldn't help it, and you know he was tripped. Or I don't know. The only thing that I'm pissed off about is that he didn't score because we'll never see that McAllister pass again. 
You know, that'll just that be forgotten. It? It'll just be consigned to like the history yeah. books. It, no one yeah, will, will remember it. Whereas if Jota finishes that off, that's a goal that's going to get like replayed for years to come. Yeah. Like we'll we'll be playing Newcastle in like ten years' time, and like the the club social media will be like ten years ago when we played Newcastle, this goal, and they'll show them McAllister pass. We're not going to get to see that pass. Because it, Do you know the other thing about off. that? I, I t- totally agree. It was absolutely sensational. It was like touch, touch, pass. Oh, it was amazing. Um, do you know the the only thing that I'm uh, that, uh, that pissed me off a little bit about the coverage there, and I is because um, I, I didn't see it in the moment. You couldn't see it from where I was in the cop. I wanted to see the time in a Jota's run. He and looks miles offside, doesn't he? When he on does, the replay. yeah, and you don't get to see how he times his run. Yeah, because he's he's about he's about five yards clear by the time the ball comes to him. Yeah. Um, and so it, clearly, it must have been. They must have looked at it. He must have timed it really well. But you don't get to see that, and that would have been. That's another little. That's a that's a skill in and of, in and of itself, isn't it? To anticipate the pass coming and yeah. to time it. I think right. he's in his own half when he starts to run. But I, I need. Well, to see I wondered it again. about that. But that's he, he a, just seems so that's far. That's how I remember it. When he picks it up. Yeah, in real time, that's how I remember it. Was he started what... to run in his own half? But I don't know. Yeah. I'd, I'd need to see it again. But when all the replays I've seen of it has just been. The camera's on McAllister. He plays the pass and then like they pan left and Jota's like yeah. fucking miles, looks yeah. miles offside. Yeah, but yeah, you know, he he wasn't offside. But like the the pass is just exquisite, isn't he? But wonderful. Again, um, Klopp said about that. Like Pep Linders had said to him, "We've got to get Macaron for his passing." You know, I like, heard the way that, the yeah. game had opened up, he's yeah. like, "No, we need Macaron for this pass," and he comes. It was on another quality that. outside of the pass as well, wasn't it? Like yeah. Mose, like another one showing real class there. Yeah, it was absolutely gorgeous. What what a pass! Just fucking might be. It might be a better pass than even some of the ones we've seen from Trent this season. It's yeah, it was ridiculous. definitely up there. Yeah, ridiculous. Definitely up there. And for me, it's about how early he's. It's his awareness of Jota and how early he decides to make make the pass. You know, he sort of there's a little scramble for the ball just outside of the edge of our area. Yeah. With two other, there was two other two other our lads were in there, and he comes out with the ball. It's touch, touch to go around the player, and then instantly, it's, he doesn't even seem to look up. He it's almost like he sees it with his peripheral vision, or he's mm. already aware of it, and then hits the pass. Fantastic. Yeah, really was. So the penalty, it was a weird one to watch. Like you know, without seeing any replays of it, just purely my view at the time, it was weird because it didn't look like he was touched at all. Like from where I was, but you just go, well, he must have been because there's no way he's Same. not going to just tap that into the empty net. And I think yeah. that's what like that's what the referee's got to be thinking as well. You see that and go, well, he's got an open goal. He's not just going to go down with an open goal. And it's not like a tight angle or anything. It's a, it's a straightforward finish. So he must have been fouled. And then you see the replay of it, and it looks like it's minimal contact. It looks really soft. But if you're running at full speed and your ankle gets tapped like that, and that's the foot that you're about to plant on the floor to set yourself, I, I don't think like he's got time to think, oh, I'm going to dive here. I think that's Very just... wet pitch as well. Very Loads of water on the pitch. I, yeah. I, I mean... I don't think I've, it's a dive because why are you going to dive agreed. when you've got an open agreed. goal? And especially if you're Jota, you're a really good finisher. You're going to back yourself. That's an open goal. No striker is going to turn down an open goal to try to win a penalty for somebody else to take. Do you know what I'm also not into, Dave? Is this shit that we're getting now from Gary Neville? And I think Mike Dean was piping up on there as well. He had Mike Dean on the coverage as well. No, he needs to fuck off. With this, all this shit about how oh, he had ages, he had ages before he went down. He did. Talking about yards and steps and all sorts. What the fuck? You're watching it in slow motion. It's a fraction of a second between being touched and hitting the ground. The foot that what gets are you touched. Talking about? 
the foot that gets touched is, is like he's got his standing foot and then his, his other foot gets touched and that that is his next step is with the foot that's just yeah. being touched throws his body and off. that's when he goes down and because I, I come out the game and people say no oh, he's took two steps and then he's gone down I'm like oh that doesn't sound good and then I watch him like he doesn't take two steps at all he doesn't even take one step the next step that he's going to make with the foot that got clipped by the goalkeeper is when he falls so that, yeah. if he dives in that situation with an open goal that would be just absolutely staggering to me and I, I, as I say people are I think like when it happens as quick as that, he hasn't got time to weigh up all the situation. People are saying, yeah, but he maybe didn't like the angle and he thought the ball was running away. He's not had time to weigh all of those things up Agreed. and then decide, oh, I'm going to go Agreed. down. That happens like so quick that Agreed. all you can assume is he's knocked off balance by, by that. Or it's like it's an instinctive thing where a forward, the second he gets touched, he's like, I'm going down. And he's probably, if that is the case... If it's like it's that instinct what some strikers have, where I've been clipped, I'm going down. When he's gone down, he's probably then gone up and gone, oh, for fuck's sake, I had to tap in there. You know, I should I should have stayed yeah. up. But either yeah. way, as soon as there's contact, you know, it's a penalty. The referee gives it. All VAR can do is look and see, yeah, he's touched him. I've got no choice but to give that. So yeah, I don't know why no it's like it's a, it's a clear penalty. I don't know what people are going on. About. But I keep you, saying you, you I don't know why. I, I do know why. Soft, I know exactly why. I know exactly why. It's like what you said. Gary Neville sets the narrative there, and it's the same thing happened with um, was it the Palace game? And the, the commentator was fucking going on and on about some bullshit thing, and then all of a sudden that's the narrative that that everyone's talking about afterwards. Commentary teams can set the narrative like that. If they just yeah. said, "Oh, both of those are clear penalties," you know, there's there's nothing to see here. There wouldn't be anywhere near as much of this, but like they just reinforce the views that people want to have. So fans do you know the journalists in the ground that way. Do the journalists in the ground in the press box? Do they? They obviously get the feed of the game in front of them as well as having the game. You know, they can obviously see the whole pitch. Yeah. Do they get the sky? Is it the sky feed with the commentary, or are they just looking at the pictures? I don't know. Because it does seem sometimes they seem to pick up these narratives, and sometimes they seem to refer to what. To what the commentary team has said, although occasionally you're not sure because some papers send more than one journalist to cover the game, don't they? They might have the, they might have one of the big boys and they might have like the, the the journalist for the specific team, and you're not sure whether everyone is actually at the game or not. I doubt but they it does have feel sound like, on. I doubt they don't. They're not watching uh, yeah, with headsets yeah. on and stuff like but, that. But so. I definitely pick. I definitely agree with the point you just made there. That like it just seems like they the narrative is set by the commentary and the papers go with it and it's and the pundits afterwards to go with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Questions that, that in the does, press conference. That yeah. does set the narrative, there's no, no doubt about it. Yeah. But it's it's laughable that like people are like talking about that as though it's a thing in a game when it was like the biggest XG since like in this country yeah. it was like the, the biggest one that, that we've had in this country, I think. But I, I it was also I seen I seen a stat somewhere that I think it was like the fourth most since they brought that in, and yeah. that's worldwide, that's not yeah Premier League, yeah. it was like the fourth most ever. I saw that. Yeah, it was. That's how dominant we were in that game. Um, but I mean, you're talking about like Darwin. It's a massive, massive problem with the finishing and all that. I don't think it's specifically just him. I think it's a, a general thing in the team. We're having like thirty-five shots a game, and like we're struggling to 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 win games cleanly because we're we're not turning the amount of shots that we get. We're not turning it into the goals that we should. But I do think that that's just one of those blips that you get from time to time I mean I think I think some of that is about the long range shots 
And I think, but but again, yeah. I'm more than happy with the long range shots I've got. Even because I just think you need to keep teams on the toes. You need to vary it and change it up. If it opens so you up, don't want hit teams... it. Don't force it. But if it, if it's yeah. there, then yeah. definitely because we've got you don't players want teams who can do to it, think there's we? only yeah, and you don't want opponents to think there's only one way of playing. Mm. You know, that you're too predictable. That you're never going to take a chance like that on, so they can just stay in the shape. You want them to. You want the defense to have to press, push out sometimes, and that creates space in and of itself, doesn't it? Yeah. So if you if you hit a long one and the defense and, and you know the opposing defense doesn't come next time, they're going to come. You might choose to do something else. You might lay it off. You might play a little ball through. It creates space. If anything that is less predictable is fine as far as I'm concerned, and that will inevitably affect. You know some of the um, some of the shots on target, which were which were not converted, um, and you know, but, but and ultimately, the most important thing is the league table. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? We're top of yeah. the league. I know. That's the, it's. I mean, the forwards have scored forty eight goals this season. Like yeah, fucking hell, forty eight goals. Yeah. After what twenty? Is that twenty games now? I'm not talking about in the league. This is at all competitions. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 But yeah, forty-eight goals so far. So I mean, thanks to John B for that. Like he he keeps every time one of the forwards scores, there's a, a WhatsApp there. Like he's it, he's added to the tally. So um, although can we trust John B after his his faux pas last week? How's that for French? <laughs> <laughs> his forked pass last week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I do think like. We're overanalyzing things and and yeah. you know yeah. stressing out over things like because yeah. it's not perfect, yeah. but you know we're top of the league. Not none of us expected us to be here at, at this stage, and I don't even think you can say like we're there through. It's not like a fluke that we're there. I mean, I mean we could be further clear. I mean, we 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 obviously lost the game that we shouldn't have lost. Yeah, it's the only game uh, the- we've lost. Yeah, I mean the draws. You could say the the only thing. I mean, you could say the draws is maybe a question. But you, I mean, look at the defense. I, I think I said it before. I think our defending has gone massively under the radar this this season. And in fact, Gary Neville, John put um, John put that Gary Neville podcast thing. That thing he records for Sky straight after yeah. the game when he's on commentary. John put that on in the group chat this morning. And I had a quick listen to that. And Gary Neville was talking about, I think it was on that, he was talking about Liverpool's defence and saying, mm, yeah, they've got Alisson, they've got Van Dijk, none of the none of the others really impressed me that much. But I think he's missing the point of how, I mean, I think that's bullshit. He's missing the but point equally, that Canati's fucking fantastic. Absolutely. Joe Gomez. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Trent Joe as well. was brilliant before he got I'm into. not buying this whole Trent can't defend shit. But, but it's missing the point about why we're defending so well. And it comes back to the point that we were making earlier, where I've been really thinking about what you'd said about why we're not maybe fully clicked on the front foot, is that Klopp has definitely focused on pressing, yeah. counter-pressing and defending as a team. That is what is making us much, much, much better. You know, go back to the end of last season where he said pre- the press is the passport into the team for Darwin. And then Darwin's pressing massively improves and Darwin was back in the team. I, I'm convinced now um, that that's that is what is has, has improved us to this extent. You know, he's got all the new players focused on how to press. The pressing's loads better. We're giving up fewer chances and we're conceding fewer goals. So we've conceded eighteen in twenty games, and that is what's well, the best in the league. The next best is Arsenal with twenty, City twenty one, and then then you're into the high twenties, twenty sevens, thirties, thirty threes. So we're we're comfortably comfortably the best defense in the league at the moment. What about goal uh, goals scoring? Where are we now? So, so goals scored were second best. 
So City are on 45, us and Villa 43, Spurs 42, and then again you're dropping down to Arsenal six behind, mm. and everyone else then is oh, oh Brighton 38, Newcastle 39, but lots of others are, are much much further away. So a goal difference 25. I mean City looking ominous with some of these figures. So top scorers, second best defense, goal difference 24, ours is 25. We are five points ahead of them, but they've got a they've got a game in hand. Um, and I think the thing for me about the City is that the alarm bell that went off in my head about City is not that I dismissed them in any in any sense really, but I thought yeah they've had a very wobbly first half of the season uh, based on what they came off last season. Which they often but they do. were yeah two points better off at this stage than they were like this time last year when they won the treble, mm. and that is a little bit ominous. Um, but you know, I, you to offer me this position, I'd have absolutely snatched your hand off for it. Um, and you know, City are the favourites, rightly the favourites. They should be the favourites. I'm just more than happy we're in this position, and I really feel confident now that we're we're serious competitors for the title. Um, I still think, I think City are likely to win it, um, very likely to win it. But I think if you finish above City, definitely you you you'd be champions. Yeah, um, and I think we're in. A, we, we couldn't have asked for a better position than this, could we? At this stage of the season, no way. I don't think. No, and to your point there about concentrating on the defense, and you know, maybe to the detriment of the the, the play in the final third, possibly. Maybe it is that. Maybe it's not. But the one thing that that we do know is we get better in the second half of the season. We yes, always we do. do. Yeah. So, if we get through January, if we get through January, yeah, January's always, always shit, isn't it? January's always yeah. like oh. And it's usually because Afcon's fucking showed up, isn't it? Like every two yeah. years, it's like we've got to deal with yeah. that. But and we don't um, deal well with a couple of weeks off either. You, I think you said, yeah, that the we, other day. we we really we lose don't. a bit of rhythm. Yeah, but thankfully, it's a lot, it's a lot of cup games in January rather than. I mean, if we had like six league games in January, you'd be concerned. Yes, but we haven't, so we just need to get through that and just just win. I'm not bothered about performances in, in the totally league games. You've got Juan Mose away. You said about being bothered about the performance against Newcastle. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I think we needed that performance. We got it. Juan Mose away. Endo as well. I, I don't I, you know, it's laughable like to a few months ago if someone had said you're gonna miss Endo when he's when he's away. No one would have would have really thought that, but he's been fucking quality. I love he has, him. Yeah. <laughs> I really yeah. love him. He's so easy yeah. to root for, isn't he? There's just something yeah. so endearing about him. Yeah. And uh, like even last night when he come off the pitch last night, he's like just he's dead serious, isn't he? He's just like a proper serious pro. Like he comes off the pitch and he's like you know Verge goes over to him and the Trent goes over to him and then Klopp gives him a hug, but he's not coming off like laughing and smiling and all that. He's just got his fucking game face on all the time. He, he doesn't that. take for granted where he is, does he? No, he, he fully appreciates where he is and who he's playing for. You think where he um, was? I think like yeah. he's thirty yeah. years of age and you think yeah. well, last year he's in a relegation yeah. battle in Germany. But he's not overawed by it either, is no. he? So he's very. I I think he's very mindful of the fact that fucking I'm playing for Liverpool. We're going for the Premier League title here and playing with world class players. But equally, it's not it that hasn't got under his skin or got into his head either. You know that's what's impressive about him for me. Um, he 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 plays like a he, he he plays like what he is a mature, experienced pro who knows his own game. He knows what he can do and he knows what he can't do. Um, but that's not to say either that he's um, that he plays within himself. He doesn't. I mean, some of his forward passing is really quite ambitious. Yeah. You know, he's prepared to take things on which you wouldn't necessarily expect of someone with such a modest a modest career history. 
Um, no, he's he's impressive. He's definitely impressive, and I, I think that seems to be that seems to be the consensus view amongst Reds. Certainly at the match now, I, th- I think everybody accepts he deserves he deserves his place in the team. He's played really well, and uh, he is a Liverpool player. Yeah, I think the fact that he was in a relegation battle in Germany is not a reflection on on him. You know, he could have quite easily been playing for a Champions League club in Germany. It's just yeah, circumstances yeah. dictated. Yeah. That's who he was yeah. playing for. And they were a bit down on the luck. And he was the captain, you know. But he was a, he's a, fans loved him. He was like the most popular player, wasn't he? That always tells yeah. you something. You know, like when, when the team's like, when the, the fans are gutted that that player's leaving, that always tells you something about that player. That you know, he must have something that fans relate to. And we're seeing that, aren't we? You can see exactly why yeah. their fans yeah. will have absolutely loved yeah. him. He is, he is. There is something. They're not the same players, but there is something reminiscent of James Milner about him for me. He is ticking some James Milner boxes in the sense that is just the way he conducts himself, his professionalism, that understanding of his own game. Flying into tackles. Yeah, and also the fact that he's a, like a little bit underestimated by people. Mm. You know, um, although nice to see Milner getting big love off the, uh, off the Brighton fans and the Brighton social media accounts over the last week or so. Um, but yeah, there is. A, 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 it's almost like um, you know James Milner made 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 way for the for James Milner Mark too in some senses in terms of the character in terms of the professionalism. Yeah, he's he's been brilliant and though far exceeded anything I think any of us expected. And I, you know, I, I when Klopp talks a player up, um, it's not bullshit. He does. He, he means what he says. But there's an element of he wants to make the player feel brilliant and to feel welcome. And I think probably yeah. nearly all of us thought. Yeah, okay, Jürgen. Yeah, we should, you've definitely seen things that you like, or you wouldn't have had him here. Um, but he's not going to live up to this billing. But so f- he's starting to look like he is living up to that billing that Klopp gave him. Mm. Um, yeah, he's needed a bit of time to come into the team and to find his feet. I like the fact that he offers us something a little bit different. We've now got options in the six. You know, Maka coming in gives us something different to Endo, and then yeah. there's, you can then have a, an element of horses for courses, can't you? Which is never a bad thing in my view if both players can offer something that's high quality. And having two players as well means you, you just rotate them in and out and yeah. reduces the risk of injury yeah. and fatigue and that. Yeah, absolutely. <coughs> so we're going to miss him while he's away. We're going to miss Mo. First up is Arsenal and the Cup. Um, I think the team mostly picks itself for that because we've not got to worry about resting people for league games or anything, have we? No. No. I mean, they brought, um, they, they brought Owen Beck back, haven't they? Yeah, um, I think he'd be on the bench. I, yeah, apparently they want him in the squad for these uh, these upcoming cup games. I mean, I think my view on on the cup games is, I mean, I think Jules alluded to it before, and he certainly said, I don't know if he said it on the pod or just said it when we're chatting, um, and I can't argue with it. The, the FA Cup is is our fourth priority competition now, simply because of where we are in the other competitions. Yeah, um, it's not about the status of it as a trophy in itself. It's just that we're much further advanced in all the other three competitions. So it inevitably has to be fourth fourth priority. But the big thing, one of the biggest things for me, which again goes under the radar, certainly outside of Liverpool, maybe a little bit within the fan base as well, is how brilliant Klopp has been at rotating. Mm. You know, brought all these new players in, kept them happy, given them minutes, helped them develop. So I don't see any reason to stop doing that on Sunday. Just Just rotate the team. Bring in, you know, you'll make decisions around fitness, you'll make some decisions around form, you'll make some decisions around just maintaining people's motivation. But he'll, he'll pick a team to win. Um, what For me, what's more interesting is what Arsenal do. 
because um, I think Arteta now will be concerned they after the results. Yes, he'll be concerned after what's happened to them over the last sort of ten days, two weeks, and, and you know. Just on them a little bit. I mean, I guess we, we do need to go back and talk specifically about what team we'll pick. But just on Arsenal, I, I'm i not writing them off from the title challenge, um, although I have downgraded them to a very a very distant third now, third favourite, because um, I don't think Villa will, will last the course, oh. although I think they can get in the Champions League. Mm. I had thought last season that Arteta had finally put to bed the, the jitteriness, the nerves, the the lack of ability to cope with the big moments and the big games. So it's really surprised me how that has reared its head again uh, over the last couple of weeks for them. And I think by the same token, it contrasts with what I was saying about us before, we are a team that still has huge, big players in it who know how to win. Alisson, Trent, Virgil, Mo, clearly Robbo to come back and not been yeah. around so far. Joe Gomez has been around. Joe Gomez as well, well, yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, on the quiet, Maka, who won the fucking big one. Yeah. Um, so I, I just think that, to me, I, I, as I said, I thought Arsenal put that to bed and they haven't, so it'll be interesting to see what he does on Sunday. I think you're right, Dave. I think he'll want to go really strong, just in some ways, just to get them back in the groove as a team. And because it's us, they kind of have to prove yeah. something, don't yeah. they? they? They need yeah. to prove. Like... They were celebrating the draw they got at Anfield, and I, I, I think I said it on the pod. It's like, I, I took heart from the fact that our players saw that as, oh, for fuck's sake, we've dropped two more points, and their players were like, oh yeah, great result on to next week, and yeah, what happened next yeah. week? What happened next yeah. week, boys? You fucking did you get onto Declan Rice's interview? Did you get onto Declan Rice's interview on New Year's Eve? I, uh, we were, we were, we went to stay with some friends in Manchester, and we were uh, having a drink in the afternoon and watching the game, and uh, against Arsenal, Arsenal, Fulham. And obviously they got turned over. Did Declan Rice's interview? He seemed really despondent. No, I didn't like, say it. You, it just his demeanour, his tone, his body language. I mean, he was saying the right things, but you know, seventy-five percent of all communication is non-verbal. Mm-hmm. The non-verbal communication was saying, "I'm not happy. This isn't this isn't good." And not in a kind of "I'm angry." Uh, and I'm determined to turn this around. And I mean, I don't want to read too much into it. You know what I mean? But it just—it was not the—it was not the way I would expect a, a big player in a big team in that situation to to communicate. Um, and that just—I don't know. But I, he's that, not that, used to that, is he? He's, he's no, exactly, Ham, so exactly. It exactly. goes back to what you said about like Virgil and Mo and Trent and all that. They've—they've they've been there. They've done it. They haven't got anyone who's done that, have they? That's Jesus right. and Zinchenko, I suppose. But someone I've seen someone say on Twitter after we played uh, Arsenal, actually, I think it was after the, the West Ham game, and someone said, like, I couldn't agree more with this. Zinchenko was like the living embodiment of Arsenal fans in that he plays the game like he's like so much better than he actually is. That's and I'm good, like, yeah, yeah that's, <laughs> that's, that's Arsenal fans. On, that, it? it is. Yeah. It, that's yeah. exactly what it is. You know, they're talking up soccer over Mo and all yeah, that, that shit. Yeah, but you know what? They do that more than any other fan base. It's like they're obsessed with comparing their players with other teams' players, and and like it makes me fucking vomit the way they just refer to Saka as my star boy. That's <laughs> the thing. That's what they call Saka, the star boy. And it's like, oh, you mean you want to fucking puke? I mean, he's a good player, no doubt. But yeah, but that's not a reflection on Saka. That's I'm talking about (laughs) Arsenal fans. Starboy, ugh, horrible. But yeah, so they they have to go. They have to go full strength. But I seen something like him the other day, 
again it's on Twitter so I, I, I didn't check the stats I can't I can't verify them but it sounds right is that Jared Bowen has got more league goals than Arsenal's front three yeah I saw that because <laughs> Jared Bowen's not like it's not like he scored 25 goals so yeah, I saw that you see that and you go fucking hell because you know they're, they're all good players like Saka and Martinelli Jesus really good players but they've been like not really delivering this season you know numbers wise they've not delivered have they so he's tried to tighten the team up hasn't he and that's I think that's affected that's affected mm-hmm. how they play on the front foot um, they, they haven't got anybody clinical through the middle um, and I think well, that's why there's all the clamour. That's why there's all the talk about them going for Ivan Tony. But I don't think they've got the money for it. They, they, FFP wise, they can't. Um, yeah, because they they couldn't they buy the goalkeeper. They had to sign yeah. him on loan yeah. and put it off till next summer. Yeah. So and plus, if I'm have to sell uh, someone, wouldn't he? Absolutely. And plus, if I'm Thomas Frank, the situation that Brentford are just starting to get into, I'm not selling Ivan no. Tony now. And I'm was out summer. for months. They they can't yeah. afford to sell yeah. Ivan Tony. Yeah. yeah, I don't think you're not going to lose any money doing no. doing in six months' time. So you know you're saying like you're not writing them out the title race and that, but they're only a point ahead of Spurs. After the, the run that Spurs had, you know, and and they've had so many injuries to key players as well. That's yeah. that's like derailed Tottenham a bit, but they're a point behind Arsenal now. And yeah. you think it'd be quite funny if Arsenal didn't even get in the top three if they finished below Spurs yeah, be after hilarious. talking themselves up as like it'd be hilarious. Title, title yeah, I mean the, the relative the relative six game runs of form. So Spurs have won four, lost two in the last six. Arsenal won two, drawn one, lost three. Mm. That's shit. Yeah. I think Spurs are kind of flying a little bit by the seat of the pants, though. I don't think they've played well. Some of the wins they've had been... That's why I can't really see them sustaining it, because it all just does seem... It seems like adrenaline... Adrenaline and uh, a bit of front-foot aggression and a little bit of luck, really. And I, I I don't think that's sustainable. Um, even though he's obviously got something big, Ange. But they got players to come back though. They Madison have Madison yeah. coming back and yeah. Romero and that. So they, Son gone away to the Asian, Asian Cup. Though. That's the thing. Like Son going away does kind of it, that hurts them more than Mo going away hurts us because we've got better players to to bring in than what they've got. So it'd be interesting you, to see what happens with them. How sustainable is Villa's run? Not sustainable. What's going to stop it? The fact that they're not that good. <laughs> okay. I, I okay. think they'll finish fifth. I didn't expect you to say that because I think I I I think that I think they look they look really good. No, nah, I um, think they'll finish fifth. I think Tottenham will finish above them. Yeah. I think they'll unless they can get above goal. Arsenal and, and like, <laughs> knock Arsenal to fifth, which again would well, be the, fucking hilarious. I mean, the especially because of the Unai Emery factor. If they're, he they're above Arsenal above right now. Yeah, they're above Arsenal right now. Um, I just think they've had a, a settled team for most of the season, and that'll catch up with them, like it did with yeah. Arsenal last year. Once yeah. they get a few injuries, yeah. which they will, because yeah. everyone does, I think it'll catch up with them a bit. Yeah, but yeah, I, yeah, it, I think it, they'll be top five definitely. Because who's who, who's gonna who's gonna catch them out of the top? Who's below the top five? Who's good enough to to overtake? Yeah, them? Yeah, no one. I don't think West West Ham are West Ham are war. They're on. West Ham thirty three points, and then nine there's a gap. Behind. Yeah, there's a gap. And then there's the Manx thirty one, so eleven points behind. Yeah, Brighton twelve points behind. You know, you're talking about four. That's four wins, that isn't it? You're not, you're not yeah. making that up. The top five, as it is, they're the five teams. It's just whatever order. I agree. I agree. And West Ham is sixth, but I think West Ham are a good team. But I think with them staying in Europe, that'll eventually. 
some of the league results will suffer. So I don't think they can and I just, push for and it. And for me as well, it's about it's about Moisey, um Moisey's record against the biggest sides. Although, did you see finally finally, finally got just... one <laughs> in his entire career? How many that games? Was just is incredible. It? It's like eighty something, like eighty two games <laughs> against mad. like the big four. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just hilarious. But yeah, he finally got one against Arsenal. Yeah, brilliant. So to go back to the team then. What what are you picking? Um, I suppose Queef. Really? I think Arsenal play because it's oh, Arsenal. What? Right. I, see, I'm I'm not I'm not thinking so much about what I do as I'm thinking about what I think Klopp will do. All right, let's go with what I would do. I, I, I do still then. think he'll pick Allison, but yeah. I, okay, Allison, um, Trent. Virgil and Kwanzaa. I think he won't want Canate to play again, and I, th- I just worry about Canate. It's six, it's six uh, days yeah, between games. Maybe, 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 um, maybe. Uh, Joe Gomez, I think, has to play left back. Yeah. Uh, Maka. Yeah. At six, um, I would go. Dom's injured, isn't he? Dom. Yeah. Dom's done his hamstring. Yeah. Uh, Curtis and Harvey. Same. Um, Who's on the right then? That's the one I'm not sure about. I think Diaz, you know, I was just thinking about what you said about putting Diaz there. And as you were saying it earlier on, I thought, but yeah, we've, he's finally just looks like we've lit a torch under him. Um, let's leave him in his position to play him to, to, to keep this going. Yeah, maybe. But I do hear what you're saying about. I think he's right. best equipped to play there, but there's logic to, to what you just said there. I think I would go, and I equally don't want to derail Jota either. I think I'd probably. Go Diaz left Darwin through the middle, Jota from the right. But I think Gakpo's probably would could feel disappointed not to play. Um, but no, I think I would go with yeah, I'd go with Diaz, Darwin, and Jota. Uh, for me, for all my worries about Darwin, I just we've got to keep we've got to persevere because we're a better team when he's playing, we're yeah, we're more threatening, uh, yeah. And I, I can't get away from the point that I, I, I am a little bit seduced by the idea that you made about he just needs it to click. And then he'll explode. I, I know a lot of people are very, very dubious about that, but that is still quite a that's quite a seductive idea for me. I just I, I, because I, if, for me it's that everything else seems to be there, everything else is there, and I just think he's in the positions, the movement, the the the, the, the torch, the, the 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 pace, it's all there apart from the finishing. And I just think and and he's done it before. I'm just going over the same ground as and the finishing. It's it's mostly the one v ones. That's yeah. Most of the other finishing is like you're like fucking hell. It's just like yeah, so unlucky. Yeah, but the one v ones is not unlucky. Yeah. That's you've got to be better. So like so say, it's I'm, not that hard. It really, I'm, I'm picking him because I want I want that I want him to find that 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 groove. And I think you know you can't be missing up these opportunities. Do you know the other reason um, for picking him though? And I I said this to me dad last night because my dad was saying he'd drop him. My dad likes him. You know he, he didn't like him at first. He does like him now. And he thinks he's a really good player, but he's like, until he learns how to finish, I wouldn't pick him. And my argument is, well, then you're putting somebody in who's not going to get as many chances as him anyway because, like, the, the different types of players. Yeah. But if you leave him out, the happiest people, apart from, like, the chippy knobheads, are going to be the other team's defenders and the other team's manager. Those opponents yeah. do not want to play against them. If you're yeah. leaving them out, they're like, oof, yeah, have some of that. I it's think just, there's definitely something to what you said earlier them. about Newcastle. I think Eddie Howe and their centre-halves were, were worried about him after what happened earlier in the season. Mm-hmm. And it, it goes back to what Klopp said, which is stuff that we wouldn't pick up on 
but he's like the the defenders played centre backs played really close together because Darwin yeah. was there and and they were yeah. worried about him. Yeah. So yeah, I would play him. Plus the fact Arsenal away, I feel like pace is going to be like a really important thing because you're going to get counter attacking opportunities the way Arsenal play. Yeah. So you you let them do their thing, then you pick them off, and then ball in behind and counter attack on them. And he's like our best player for doing that. He's like you know the speed like other than Mo, but Mo's definitely lost a, a, just a half a yard. He has. He definitely has because all it's these times when you know when like even like at the end he had the chance to get a hat trick and he's done nothing wrong. It's not a criticism in any way, but like his shot got. Uh, blocked. He cut. He, he ran down the right hand side. He cut inside, and then the shot got blocked. And I said to John, I was like, "That happens so often now. Where does yeah. it used to go in? And it's yeah. because of that split second where he's yeah. just not quite as as fast. He's still fast, but he's not quite what like. Which is this is what happens as you get older. You lose. He's only lost a fraction, but that fraction does make the difference. In it was the fraction that got him past the player, wasn't it? Every yeah. time, just and that fraction's not there. Front. Yeah, yeah, unless he's up against Zinchenko. Yeah. <laughs> and like he's Zinchenko's like the only player that Mo's beaten about twelve months. And when you watch yeah. that back, you're like, that is fucking criminal defense. Yeah. Just look how bad it is. It's it's, it's so bad. But no, like, with with, but with Mo's Mo, it's adapted, a thing, Dave. Yeah. It's, it's been it evident is. for a while, hasn't it? Now, probably most of the the last year, I think that's been evident. And and that's why he's he's adapted his game, and that's why like his assist numbers are, are, are impressive because he's he's such a like and he, because he plays wide as well, you know, he, he does spend a lot of time really wide. And when he's, he's in those often... areas, he loves that little outside of the football, either like the cross they play for Gakpo or just the, like the little ball through a defender's legs or just round the back for, for Dom or Darwin or whoever's making the run. We've definitely seen more of that from him, aren't we? Yeah. I think you quite often see the team pulls the other way and he will, he will hold his position wide, which I don't think we've ever really seen him do very often in the past. You know, I mean, you know, I think was it the first goal or the third? I've lost track, but he picked up the ball right over on the touchline, and there was a big gap when he received it. He was at least ten, maybe fifteen yards away from the nearest defender because the whole play had shuffled over that side, yeah. and he'd stayed out wide. Um, you see that much more often from him. It's going to be fascinating, I think, watching him continue to adapt his game because I've got no doubt that he will. And as he does so, as he gets more used to how his body's changing, he'll become even more deadly. It's amazing, really, that as his, even as it's happening, his numbers are so strong. Yeah. He's, he's phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. Because he, he often doesn't pass the eye test. You watch me like, fucking, it's really frustrating, you know, like... First half, I think, was a bit like that. Today. Most yeah, of the yeah, season. Yeah. Most of the yeah. season he's been like that, and then you look at his numbers and you're like, I really need to not be so critical of like you know, because it's frustrating when he's like, you know, just poor decisions or like cutting inside and it knows little stupid shots and stuff. And it and it, it winds me up at times. And then at the end of the game, you look and he's got a goal and an assist, and you're like, you've got to not judge him just on on like what he was four or five years ago. You, you know, yeah. it, it's he's not that player now, but he's still just delivering massively. Uh, just in a in a slightly different way, and yeah, I I thought he was. We had so many good performances against Newcastle, but Mo's man of the match just because outrageous quality on like. Do on you know the, what, the two passes. Just as you talk, I totally yeah, totally agree. Just as you're talking there about he's not the player he was four or five years ago. I wonder. I mean, I this is a pretty big shout, and it remains to be seen. I wonder if he might actually be becoming a better player. He's a more rounded player, but better. Yes, I, I wouldn't he, say better because. 
Well, I th- but look he at the numbers. Not the explosiveness that he had. Look at, but... but look at the numbers. It comes yeah. back to the numbers. Look where the assists are going. The goals that he's creating, as you say, they're proper. If I'm going to buy into your your line of thinking, which you will do for the sake of this conversation, if you can talk, they're proper assists. They're ones where he's genuinely creating a chance out of nothing. Yeah, they are. You know, it's so. You know, I I don't think we can rule out the fact that his, you know, some of his best football might be ahead of him, which is a frightening thought. I wouldn't go that far, I, but I, I think as like, a team player, as I'm talking about as a yeah, team player, uh, I, I'm not talking about as an individual. He's never going to be that explosive individual that he was before. But the, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the whole package, the way he's, his intelligence, his experience, the fact that he can he can create chances for others, he can lay goals on for other people. As a, as, a, as an all round footballer, I wonder if he's if he's you know coming into it and and a third stage of his career really. Um, I mean, either way, I mean, it's, it's immaterial, really. But what we can say is he's fucking brilliant this season, yeah. and I certainly wouldn't, I wouldn't want him to be going anywhere. And I, I don't think he, I, I don't think Saudi's even in his head. No. They can offer him what they, whatever I, he wants. He's not going to Saudi anytime soon. I feel like he's, he's above that. He wouldn't do it. Yeah, way above that. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's it's a total irrelevance that league anyway. It's it's not. It had like the initial hype when they were getting players in and people were talking about it and then once the games actually started you never heard anything the, like, the, yeah the reality, the reality most people home. most people won't know Firmino went 17 games without scoring over there he scored a hat-trick on his debut and then he's the talk about him leaving now because he'd gone 17 games without a goal and I didn't know that until I read a piece about him he yeah. might be leaving and, and they'd said that but we don't hear about it because nobody cares no one cares I mean, what's I, going on. I, I feel far less concerned by that league than I did. And and to be honest, what was what was bothering me was not was not what they were doing, but what and, and they still have got potential if they want to. They can turn around and just offer more and more and more money because the pot is basically limitless to attract players. What I think has happened now is is that well it's basically the point that you just made, is that no one's interested, that it's just that that players are going there, the reality is hit home. You know, um, people will be looking at what happened to Henderson. You know, how, you know the way the reaction to Jordan Henderson going there. Um, the fact that you know it's just the quality is so shit. I mean, I saw some footage ages ago. We're talking months ago now, much earlier in the season. Is this Fabinho uh, getting Fabinho, megged? Fabinho, yeah, and it's just embarrassing. Like. <laughs> yeah, it's fucking embarrassing. It was testimonial stuff. I yeah, know. really. But, if that, don't, but think horrendous. about it. Think about how good Bobby was last season. Yeah, and he contributed, and I think he, he got really what, what he get like fourteen goals or something. something For him like to to not score in seventeen games in that, in that dog league. shit league tells you he's not trying. You know, Did they, you get onto how happy he was to be back yesterday? Yeah. You've seen the footage. Yeah, I've seen. Brilliant. I haven't seen all of it. I've seen bits of it. I'm going to watch it all today. Celebrating, I think it might be Curtis's Curtis's goal. Just jumping up and going nuts. Just great to see. Like, do you know? Just we've been going two hours. We need to wrap this up. Like, but just <laughs> that you mentioned Henderson there, and it just reminded me, like, uh, you know the way, like the the club social media. When whenever you're playing a team, they'll put out like goals we've scored against that team in recent years yeah. and that. So before yeah. Burnley, they put out like um, best goals away at Burnley, and it's like you know Sadio and Mo scoring and stuff. So like. You see the goal, I'm like, oh yeah, I remember that goal. And you're getting nostalgic and you're looking at it. And then Henderson appears in the goal celebrations. And I'm just, without thinking about it, just my instinctive reaction is like, oh, you. <laughs> it, fucking hell. 
it ruins it for he's you. Tarnished yeah. out. He's fucking yeah. tarnished everything. I can't yeah. even look at him. Yeah. I cannot yeah. even yeah. look at I, him. I, I totally agree. Yeah. Totally agree. And it, it's sad, but like that's just, it's not something I'm thinking about. That's just my natural reaction to it. And I wish it didn't feel like that, but you, you know, can't. It's like I see I'm, him and I'm just like, ugh. I, he is definitely in the conversation for being uh, arguably our greatest ever captain. Not best, greatest ever captain with everything that he, he lifted. But then somebody said, I think before I'd actually seen it, somebody said that Bobby and uh, you were at the ground yesterday. And then I think, I don't know if it was on Twitter in the group chat, somebody said, uh, imagine if, how would, how would react Pendle turned up? Yeah. And my gut reaction to that question was, Ugh, don't fucking don't want to see him. Yeah. Stay away. Yeah. Whereas with Bad Bobby that, and Fabinho, I don't feel like that at all. Yeah, I mean, I'm less asked about Fabinho. I don't. Think, I mean, he was a really good player for us. I don't really have huge affection for him or, or you know, antipathy for him either way. I'm ambivalent to him, really. Yeah, great yeah. when he was here. Much of the time, great servants, contributed to some big games and big results. Bobby, I absolutely fucking love. But Hendo has gone from being an absolute hero to just a fucking no mark. Someone who just don't even want to... I don't want to yeah. look at him. Sick of the like, no. Sad, isn't it? Really and I sad. hate that. I hate that, that I feel yeah. like that because I loved him. But but it's that's not on us, though. That's no, on him. It is on him. And and it's not just that he went there. I could have got past that. It's the interview. I can't get Horrendous. past that interview. I'll never get past that interview. It, it was so crash. fucking bad. One of the worst interviews I've ever seen in my life. It was like... In any context? A staggering lack of any self-awareness or awareness of anything else. Yeah, it just, it, it's just... It's sad that we feel that way about him, but... You know, I don't. It's as you said, it's not our fault. You know, it's completely on him. Yeah, but let's not end on that. Negative. No, I want. Let's... I want to. What, what do you think will happen with Bobby if he leaves? Would Would you take Bobby on loan till the end of the season? If mm. If that was, I mean, I think about say... it. I I think about it just for depth. Well, put it this way: if Klopp wanted to do it, I wouldn't have a problem with it. Yeah. If it was my choice, I'd say no. I just don't feel we should go back. I think we've we've well, adapted the way we play. You're not buying him, though. You just it's just no, no, agreed, though. agreed. But I just think in terms of what we're trying to do, I think it would be a retrograde step. But if that's what if Jurgen wanted to do that, I've, I wouldn't have a problem with it in the slightest. Yeah. Um, I just think to last season because I thought he was washed up and he was finished. Same. And last he year wrong, he, he was good. He, he was and injured he a lot. Yeah, he was injured a lot, and that that was why he should never got a new contract was because the injuries. It wasn't because of the form because he played well last season and he Better scored than he had goals done maybe in the previous two or three yeah, years. Yeah, definitely. Like. So, but he's been in semi-retirement, so that's that's asking a lot for him to be able to suddenly step up and be good enough yeah. but at the same time maybe he's fresh because he's been in semi-retirement I just think if you add that as an extra bit of depth because it's not like we've got kids who we can put on the bench for forward positions really you know goal scorers it's the one thing like we've got kids in all other positions who you, you say yeah you know give them a game in the cup and we've brought well, Owen Beck okay, back and... has, he, has he got injured again? No, I don't think he's injured, but he's not a goal scorer. He's not someone you you'd be thinking, yeah, stick him on the bench and bring him on. He can change a game. He's not at that level yet. Mm-hmm. He's still finding his way back from being out a long time. Ben Doak's injured. I don't know how long that's for, but um, I just think like you know, we could do worse. Like I don't, I said, I don't think well, it'll happen, but just no, agreed, agreed. Really, it's what it's no, no, absolutely, it's one of them. If Klopp wants to do it, sound. I, I, for me, I think we've kind of the team has moved on a little bit. Uh, but yeah, I wouldn't have a problem with it. And you know, you can't love Bobby at Anfield. It'd be mm. fucking brilliant, wouldn't it, to see him back again in the red shirt? Right. Well, quick one to finish. Um, will we sign anyone in January? Uh, well, I, d- I definitely think we need to. 
you know, left-sided left sided defender, we absolutely need. I've been saying it since the summer and before that. I was saying at the end of last season. Still think we need it now. Whether we will or not will depend on, what the, on what's out there. The club will have targets. They'll have somebody in mind. They'll probably have a list of two or three players, all of whom they, they want. Uh, and if they can get one of them, they go for it. I still think they want, they're looking for homegrown as well. Um, and if they can make a sign-in, they'd want a homegrown player. And I think they're even harder to get. So I, I, I know exactly is, who we should get and, and he fits that profile. Everything you've just said, there's a player who fits all of that. Are you on about the lad at uh, Everton? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I make, agree. make them, to go all down for a minute, make them an offer they can't refuse. <laughs> <laughs> they're not in a they're not in a situation where they can turn down big money, even if it's from us. Yeah. The Premier League yeah. wouldn't let them. If they're like yeah. skirting close to the wind. I think it'd be brilliant. We made them I'd like, love it. We offered 40, 50 million for him. Yeah, yeah. Could yeah. they turn it down and then go yeah. to the Premier League? Oh well, yeah, but we've yeah, we've gone over our limits, but we couldn't help it. And they'd be like, Well, you turn down 40, 50 million quid for him. Yeah. Yeah, so, I, I, he, do, I, he does fit the profile. He's a really good player. He, really good. We were linked I mean, to my, him last season when he was on loan at PSV. There was there was like quite a lot right? of talk that we were watching him and we were interested. And I just dismissed that because I'm like, well, first of all, if he's any good, why is he not at Everton? Because they need him. And secondly, as if they're going to sell to us. Well, the first point, I don't know why he wasn't at Everton because he's really fucking good. And the second point, they're not in a position where they can turn down offers. They no, need somebody true. else. What to, they might do, yeah, match the yeah that's that's what might happen. I mean, so to, to answer the question, we definitely need to do something. I think the club know we need to do something, but also as we know, the club won't do something unless they are hundred percent happy with firstly the quality of the player that they're bringing in, and secondly the, the how the deal looks. And so that leads me to suspect we probably won't, but you can't rule it out because over the last few windows we've done deals that no one no one saw coming. Um, so my gut says probably not, but but you never know. Yeah, that, that's how I feel. Eighty to ninety percent that we won't. Yeah. But if the right deal presents itself, we would yeah. probably. Hundred percent, we should. Hundred percent, yeah. we should do it. But eighty to ninety, I agree, we probably won't. Hmm. All right. Anything else? Or are we done? I think we're probably done, aren't we, mate? Yeah. Well, there'll be something that we've forgotten about after we've <laughs> after we've gone <laughs> off. But yeah, we've we've covered a lot. We've been on over two hours, so it might be the longest one we've ever done. You know, this is what yeah. happens when it's just me and you left on <laughs> oh, the yeah. and Chris isn't here to fucking say out oh, right. <laughs> enough, the enough. <laughs> we probably made we the same the tangent, point, don't we? I know, and we've made <laughs> the same point like four or five times. <laughs> we're just we're just on a loop. <laughs> <laughs> all right so yeah we'll be back after the arsenal cup game then unless we sign someone in the meantime and then we'll have like an emergency pod for for any new signing so yeah we'll be back after arsenal <laughs> <laughs> thanks for listening and we'll catch you soon well, the best word i can say but uh, we'll describe this was boom <laughs> 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 Ooh, what was this it was really good